Welcome to Bears Country Podcast, Last Call at Hallis Hall. We're finishing up over here after leaving the Barroom Network. They had to make room for the South Burbs hitmen. So here we are on Bears Country Podcast channel, kind of finishing up what we were just talking about from this Bears-Texans game. Anyone who's in chat, which there isn't anyone I see now, we'll bring you in later for questions, so get your questions ready. So guys, to pick up where we left off from, uh, so what do you feel like? How do you feel going into this next game? I I feel pretty good about it. I I think that the Giants are a similar level of matchup that Houston was. You know mm-hmm. they've got a they got a good runner. You know same as Houston. Their passing game is not spectacular. I'm not that afraid of Daniel Jones. So you know this same type of preparation, and we'll see what happens. You prepare a little differently for the skill players and. Try to get Justin Fields on track. It makes me, for some reason, think about Jay's last game as a Bear. And uh, the Bears were in New York or in New Jersey, I guess, against the Giants and had a chance to come back and win. And uh, he was picked off. And I just had it. I remember telling my wife at the time, I was like, I just have a feeling that that's the last pass Jay's ever going to throw as a Bear. And sure enough, they put him on IR or whatever, and that was that. Yeah, these games against the Giants are also historically weird ones. They're just – they're games very similar to the Texans for me, at least in my opinion, that it's like they're games that they should win against the Giants, they lose, and games that they should lose, they win. And this is kind of one of those games where – I mean, what the Giants are three? Well, they play, they're playing right now, so uh, they're two and zero as we sit here. So they could end up three and zero after tonight, and that could actually work in our favor because they might be looking past us. Although it I is remember, in New York, so who knows? I remember the 07 Giants came to Soldier Field, and at the time they were under five hundred. And I remember, so they win. It's a fluky win. They shouldn't have won. It's one of those the Bears let get away uh, a lot of times in that 07 season coming after the Super Bowl. But on the Bears post game on television, Pat Boyle was like, I just can't believe the Bears lost this game. This team is garbage that just beat us. They didn't lose another game except the finale that season against the Patriots and ended up winning the Super Bowl against the unbeaten Patriots. And it all started with a victory against the Bears. And, Dan, I was at that game sitting in the very seats that we're going to be sitting in. Oh, that's the one you were yelling or heckling Eli, I guess. Heckling Eli the entire game, telling him he's not his brother. He'll never amount to shit. He'll never be Peyton. He's just pissed off looking at me, just throwing the ball back and forth, playing catch, just more and more, just seething with anger. They come back to win that game. They win out. Win the Super Bowl. That's uh, my fault. I'm sorry. I was glad they beat New England that day, though. Yeah, me too. If anything, I, if I gave them that motivation, I feel I do feel good about that. <laughs> you single-handedly helped the Giants win Super Bowl 42. I bet you if you asked Eli himself, he would remember me. It was it that it was it was that bad, the stuff you're saying. I'm telling you, he was <laughs> he, half the game. He was just staring at me like just catching the ball, just 
throwing it to the guy, catching it, giving me this look, throwing it to the guy. And I'm screaming at him the whole time. You fucking suck. You're blah, 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 blah. You'll never amount to anything. And da, 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 da. Well, once this show is big and famous, you can go on the Manning Brothers show and you guys can talk about it. Oh, that would be so amazing. I would love to have this conversation with Eli. I really would because I think I think he honestly would remember me. I really do. <laughs> I would tell Peyton, you did not deserve the Super Bowl MVP. You know you didn't. You didn't do anything against the Bears except the one pass to Reggie Wayne in the Super Bowl. Beyond that, it was Joseph Adai. And uh, who was the other back they had that night? Uh, Dominic Rhodes, maybe? Those two guys. Yeah. We couldn't stop either one, whether it was a screen pass or the run. I don't know what happened to the Bears' defense. It's one thing that, you know, I always say, maybe if you put Greasy in in the second half when Rex is struggling, maybe we win. But the defense, they just got they couldn't stop the run that night. It was like against Green Bay last week. I couldn't know stop that, screens. I know. I, and I watched that Super Bowl over and over and over and over again. It just, it just seemed to me, watching it, that – I was screaming for them to mix it up, play a little nickel or something, maybe bring a defensive back in to try and cover that running back instead of a linebacker. And it seemed like they just didn't want to deviate from it. I don't know if that was Lovey Smith telling, you know, Rivera what to do, or if that was Rivera, that's how he got fired. I, it, it, but they didn't the stop them at all in that, in that running game. At the end, you know, it just felt like we were down 30, but it was 22 to 17 in the fourth quarter when Rex got picked off by a guy that would come to the Bears right after that. Uh, Kel was Kelvin Hayden was his name, I think. Mm -hmm. yep. And then it's 29 17, and then that's ball game. But like I said, when Rex is struggling that badly, I know we kind of powdered his balls a lot in 06, and we're like, you know, Rex is our quarterback, but dude, this is a world championship. Nobody's feelings matter today. The sum of all the part, you know, we got to win, and then you can work on the offseason and mending fences. I would have put Greasy in at that Don't point. Don't forget it was Peyton Manning. Oh, sorry, but he didn't really do up. much that game. Uh, no, no, but I was just going to say Peyton didn't do much that game, you know? Mm -hmm. but if, and Peyton if Manning. It if it was necessary, he would have found a way to win the game. I mean, it's Peyton Manning. He changed the game of football. At that time – all he had done was lose to New England heading up to that, though. And he couldn't win the big game in college either. I I was like, there's no way he's winning this big game. It took him forever to beat Tom Brady to get to the Super Bowl. And I thought, okay, they're playing in shitty weather. The Bears should have this. They have a good running game. They have a great defense. We can stop Manning. And then they get the interception with not Manning, but the other the, uh, Harris. And Boom, we're, we're up two scores on him. I, that game was – I don't even know how we lost that game. It's, yeah, we were up 14-6, and like that gentleman just said, not having Mike Brown back there or, or even Tommy Harris who tore his hamstring against Minnesota, I think, in week 13. But Mike Brown specifically got hurt in that Arizona game. Uh, if you have Mike Brown back there, I think we win the game too. But both of those, those were big injuries for sure. If we have one of those two guys, we win that game. I just remember getting outplayed that game. That was my general feeling while I was watching it. I mean, when Hester returns that kick, I think all of us, wherever we were at that moment in time, thought, this is it. We're going to win. 
This is it. This is what we want. This is what we dreamt about. The, I mean, the only time in the history of the Super Bowl that a kick return starts the game for a touchdown, it's our guy. I mean, Absolutely it's Absolutely electric. Yeah, 92 yards, no flag. Let's go. Let's win the game. Then Manning's picked off, and you're just like, man, it, it's – we, we, this is our night, and then it just it just. Dan, I away. I jumped out of my body, and my soul was rising to the ceiling, just floating with my back towards the ceiling, and I was looking down on myself, going, "You're gonna win the fucking Super Bowl this year." Yeah. And then I got sucked back into my body, and I was like, "What just happened?" And I was like, "Yes, we are gonna win this fucking game. We're gonna win this game," and fuck. I, oh, I cried when the Bears won the NFC Championship against the Saints. So did I. For, for a comparison with Hester, look at what the Bears are doing on special teams now. They're having problems trying to find somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, call them fair catch Pettis. Mm-hmm. And maybe we're going to get Jones back soon. Let's hope. Oh, I hope something. so. We don't you know, want to rush put, him back, but. They put Abner in there towards the end because Pettis just wasn't doing it. I was so expecting they, yeah. to see more Ebner out of like a slot, kind of lining him up in the backfield, motioning him into a slot, and kind of using him as a receiver more. And I'm kind of shocked to see they haven't done that as much with him. Personally. I'm kind of shocked we haven't seen the guy we picked up from Minnesota more. The guy that scored those two touchdowns on us, the wide receiver at the end of last season. Marset. Yeah, I thought Smith, he would. Smith Marset. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I thought that that guy would at least get an opportunity, either either returning kicks or just like, okay, let's just sneak you into the ball game and run as far as you can, and turn around and catch it. You know, he's probably still learning the routes. Only thing I can figure why he's not in there. Uh, the uh, I, well, I listened to a little bit on my way to work tonight of Dan Hampton's show last night with Ed Obranovich. And he didn't reveal his source, but according to Dan Hampton, someone from Bears management told him that they are, quote, going to be very active before the trade deadline to get a wide receiver. Oh, no kidding. That's what Dan Hampton said. And you'd like to think, fuck, if anybody knows what they're talking about, it's fucking Dan Hampton, you know? Hmm. I saw him in person at a bunch of uh, Bear Report shows at that bar I mentioned in a previous show. And he's very believable. Those he's massive, stuff. man. He's a huge man. Yeah. It's so like you, when you see the photo with him beside Mongo, it's so sad because Mongo is just as big as he was. And, 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 and just to see Steve just so whittled down to nothing. It's just, it's fuck, man. Life's Gosh. not fair. You know, it's not fair. No, no not at all. I mean, you sent that picture to me, Dan. And, oh, man, I just, you just your heart goes out to Mongo. Just, just, just want the suffering to end. It's just so, it looks so painful. It's just yeah. so ugh, awful, I should say. He's such a full of life guy. You know, he was, he was. You looked at him, and he was just one of those bigger than life people. So it's, it's difficult to, to see him now. I can't imagine what he's going through. Mm-hmm. So I should take, the, I should take this moment to kind of uh, remind everyone in chat that. Uh, if you want to join us on the show, uh, email us at email us at bearscountrypodcast at gmail.com and we will arrange to have you come on the show and talk with us in person rather than in chat. And we do have someone that we had lined up for next week, but we had an open slot tonight. And 
we have Vaughn waiting in the in the background. We're going to bring him in soon. Vaughn's been in chat the last several weeks, so Vaughn, just hang tight. We're excited to have you back there. We'll bring you in here shortly. I got first uh, question here for you, Dan. Mm -hmm. Dan from West Virginia has a question for you and Mr. Cliff here. Yesterday, and now keep following. This is ne never would really happen, but just follow my my thinking. John Gruden was once traded from the Oakland Raiders to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, in theory, a coach has been traded before. At the end of yesterday's game, when they have the cold, aloof sort of handshake at the end, what if I said right now, straight up, you could trade Matt Eberflus for Lovey Smith? Would you do it? No, no, no other bullshit. Everyone's coaches stay the same. No Pep Hamilton coming back or anything, but because I, I, I told you before, I felt like Lovey Bear Downs playing. He's like, man, this should be my fucking job. I, I got railroaded here. I should still be here. If you could trade Matt Eberflus straight up for Lovey Smith yesterday, would you do it? Yes or no? I got to say, I got to say no on this one. Uh, Lovey Smith, he's the cover two 1.0 version. Well, Eberflus is the cover to 3.3 version. He's young. Right. He's fresh. He's the future. I'm going to say no as well. And my reasons are a little bit different. I don't think that he has the ability to put together as good of a coaching staff underneath him like Eberflus does. So I have more confidence in his offensive and defensive coordinators under Eber, Eberflus, even moving forward if we do lose any of them, more so than I had under Lovey Smith because it seemed like he got it right with Rivera, and then he couldn't get it right after that. It's almost like he might as well – in fact, I think he is a defensive coordinator of the Texans. They don't have a defensive coordinator listed on their roster as of yesterday when I was looking. So I just feel like – that was his biggest downfall was he wasn't able to get enough out of the offense because he didn't have – he wasn't able to find the right offensive coaches, namely offensive coordinator. I think he actually had it right with Turner and just gave up on him too quickly, to be honest. I think if he would have stuck with Ron Turner, his fate would have been better in Chicago. I mean, he had one season with Cutler, and they got rid of him. Just because if I'm he rewriting history – because he interviewed, I'm not just pulling this one out of my ass. Mark Tressman interviewed before we hired Mike Martz. And I guess his interview went so well. Um, but then again, I don't know. It's a different GM. Maybe that's what kind of led to his interview in 13. I don't know. Maybe I'm drawing lines and connections that aren't there. But man, if we, if Tressman could have had like his 2013 offense with the 2010 Bears defense, maybe we beat Green Bay and go to that Super Bowl. I don't know. But. Uh, to answer my own question, I wouldn't make the trade either, but it was good to see Lovey, even if he has that horrible beard now. Uh, but I, I wish them well. I really do. I hope that he gets an eight, nine-year run with the Texans and maybe we win a Super Bowl and then maybe he wins one. I, I, I do have an affinity for him is what I'm saying. I thought he deserved to be fired at the time, but I do like Lovey and I wished it. I wanted him to win at Illinois too, but. Obviously, that didn't really happen, but I, I I like Lovey. I hope that he does well with Houston. I don't think he deserved to be fired at the time. I think it was time to move on. It was those two collapses, man, in 11 and yeah. 12 back-to-back. -back. If you're 7-3 and three and you don't make the playoffs, and then you're 7-1 and one and don't make the playoffs, I mean, most— They did lose Cutler both of those years, though, so— 
what most well not in 12 he only missed one game in 12 he had the concussion against the texans oh, and right. missed his start in 2012 uh the the campbell game out in san francisco that colin kaepernick started for the first time and jason campbell got annihilated with like seven or eight sacks or whatever that's the only game that jay missed in 12 uh so like the bears finished 10 and 6 jay was i think 10 and 5 as a starter is what i'm saying but anyway, the point being that if you have those two back-to-back collapses, I could see wanting to fire him, especially with the new general manager. We've known all along that Eberflus was going to run the ball. You know, I think all three of us have known that for quite some time. And if you look at this week, I mean, we're finally starting to see that gel. You know, it's easy to teach an offensive line how to block the run more than block the pass, but he's really doing it, 281 yards. You know, I, I 12 first downs on the ground. I mean, that's fantastic. You know, how many teams would die to have a run game like that? Cliff, you look like Dennis Hopper with those sunglasses on. <laughs> you do. <laughs> with, you know, you're this, on speed. You're this... going to tell us to, there's a bomb and we better not go under 55. <laughs> Don't slow down. <laughs> you know, this, is, this is the after hours show. <laughs> Last call at Hallis Hall. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to uh, Eberflus now that he's basically fixing the run. And I got to say, I, I watched a, a another uh, video on another channel, and they were covering uh, video of the Bears' offensive line during the runs. And, I mean, they are really improving week by week by week. So, you know, we've got the run game fixed. Now if we can just get the passing game going, we'll actually have a team. And like I said in the bar room, is if you can establish that run game and just pound it down their fucking throats like, you know, the Niners do, you're going to just do nothing but help your offensive line gel more and they're going to get better in the passing game. It just Plus, we haven't even seen Patrick at center yet, and the offensive line is not really what it's going to be yet. So I think for the mixing and matching that they've done with moving Patrick to right guard and so on and so forth. Like, it's just it's just going to make the offensive line better. Is anyone else, does anyone, I mean, again, I'm not breaking down the tape, just watching it live, the naked eye. It feels like Larry Borum is really awful. I don't know if everyone thinks he's great, and maybe I'm completely off base, but when I watch, it feels like he allows more pressures. It, he and Whitehair seems, I know Joan, Braxton Jones gave up has given up three sacks, I think. But it seems like Whitehair's getting run over too, but definitely Larry Borum. There's always, even if the pressure doesn't get home, it seems like it's coming from him a lot of times. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a mixture. You know, he'll have a good play and then he'll have a terrible play. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, yeah, Riley, got- Riley's standing, he's getting paid to do nothing on the bench. I mean, I'm just saying, maybe you make a move. I think that Braxton, for a rookie especially, is definitely starting to step up. You know, I, watching replays on him, I mean, he's in front of his guy. He's got the, the fists up, and, you know, he's doing a pretty good job. With Borum, I think it's, uh, to what you were just saying, Dan, it's the less they play Riley Reef, the less money they have to pay him. So they're probably trying to find out what they have in Borum right now before they have to put Reef in for good. And then that contract starts to kick in based on his incentives and I forget what it is, 25% of the steps or something. So I guess it would take a while for them to to keep Borum in there before they give up on him. But that could be just a money game they're trying to figure out before they, 
you know, really give up on him because you're right, Dan. It's not, it hasn't been uh, all roses for him in the last few games, has it? No, it, it feels like the pressure comes from the, from that right side or occasionally straight up the middle of the gut from Mustafer too. I think if you can get, in, in my idea, my novice meathead fan perspective, I think if you could keep Braxton at left tackle and then Whitehair at left guard, you get Patrick at center, Tevin Jenkins at right guard, and then put Riley Reef at right tackle. I think that that would be our best scenario given – that the line isn't just going to improve overnight with two fifth-round picks at tackle. Hopefully Braxton Jones can supersede being a fifth-round you know, draft pick. But you got to invest some in the line, and you've got a veteran there who didn't do much in the preseason but has, has played well throughout his career, and maybe not a Hall of Famer, certainly, but has done, has done some good things. So uh, maybe you cash in that chip and, and go to your insurance policy to protect fields because – Man, he's 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 taking a beating. Even the shots he's uh, even when there's not a sack, he's still getting hit, and he's getting hit when he runs, and he's not making the proper throws. I get all that, and he's not seeing all the field, no pun intended, and the the reads. But I mean, if you could protect him and make him feel more comfortable, that's gonna behoove the Bears by doing that because you're two and one, you're in it. Let's go. Let's let's. It's about winning, right? Yeah, and I think actually as we're talking about this, I think that Borum's backup is not Riley Reef. I think it's the guy that they signed, uh, Alex Leatherwood. I think. Ah, so they have uh, Borum or uh, Riley Reef is Braxton Jones's backup then on the left. Yes, yes. The last time I looked at the uh, the lineup, the roster, the depth chart, I should say, I believe that's what it was. Leatherwood is backing up. For him, so well maybe Leatherwood. I mean, he was considered a bust, but maybe that's a guy that you develop. And I mean, you hate to give him a shot on. See, I don't necessarily want to give a guy a, a shot when you're. Let's say they beat the Giants. Just hypothetically, you're you're three and one. I mean, and you got Minnesota coming up, right? Is Minnesota after the Giants game? Yes. Yeah. So you got. I mean, you got a big game, and it's up there. So, I mean, I would want to get somebody in there that I can depend on. And Alex Leatherwood, unfortunately, hasn't proven that yet. But, again, you'd like to think that Riley is a veteran and could do that. But, you know, if you tell me we're going to stick with Larry Borum, then let's go. All right, let's find a way to win. And I, I agree. I like, I like that comment that J2K made about Fields needing to learn to step up in the pocket rather than rolling out each time. You know, there were openings there. You know, he could have at least had enough time to got to get a pass off, but instead he tries to roll out and he gets sacked. Kitty, can you pull up that last uh, comment from Vernon Roseman, please? Thank you very much, Vernon. Uh, Vernon is the guest that uh, we've been trying to arrange that uh, used to work for the Bears and gave me a job working with him, and we had the press passes. That's what this media press pass that I have here on my mic is. It's from the 1995 season. So uh, we've been trying to uh, get Vernon on the show to reminisce some of the awesome times that we had together back when the we were in the press box. We got to go to the uh, training camp, all that stuff. So we're trying to get him on the show. Life's getting in the way, but he's um, he's he's gearing up to get ready to do it soon. So we can't wait to have you on, Vernon. And thank you very much for the the compliment. We appreciate it. <clears throat> Sounds good. 
speaking of, we're at uh, 23 minutes. Why don't we t- get a, take a little break here, and then when we come back, we'll bring in one of our members from chat who emailed us. What do you guys think? Great. Sounds right, good. So we'll be right back after this. Need a little help with your sports betting? Well, the Barroom Network is here to help. On Saturdays, it's weekend sports betting tips with John Santucci and Anthony from PoundItSports.com. And then on Sunday, it's the Mike North Advantage with the great Mike North. Best way to stay on top of things is subscribe to the Barroom Network's YouTube channel. Do you prefer the method of having uh, altering? Uh... No, no, because uh, Mark Trussman did that and Matt Nagy did that, and arguably they're the worst two coaches in the history of the franchise. <laughs> You're feeling John Fox. He squeezes in there, baby. <laughs> uh, did Fox do that too? I think so. Uh, that Put the C on fields and leave it there. Exactly. Make sure that you guys tune in tomorrow night to catch Dan Aguirre on Dan Eldo Bear Their Souls with Eldo Gandia. It is a far better show than this one. It is an absolutely amazing show. It's probably my favorite one on YouTube. So congratulations to you, Dan. Well, I don't know if it's a far better show, but I love Aldo. I, I can't lie. I do wish Aldo was here with us now. And I'm not placating or sucking up or anything. Aldo's one of my good friends, if not the guy I, I talk everything with like hey man i'm i'm at the concert it's great or but did you see this movie like he's the guy i reach out to on most things like that so and obviously the bears so i love working with aldo but i like what we got going here too though me too this is a lot of fun it's it's a blast working with the two of you because uh I, I'm just starstruck that I'm even sitting here talking with you because I love Dan and Eldo on on, bar, on the Barroom Network. So this is awesome, and it's, I, it's, it's and okay. Eldo is I'm, I'm not that famous. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you've you've been in every one of the bar you know Barroom Network chats too, Cliff. That's how you got on here, and you're you do an amazing job with your Cliff notes on the Barroom. And look at you with your glasses. You're awesome. That's nice of you to say. Thank you. I, I like the way, Cliff. I like the way the three of us work together. So it it the show Me meshes. It's a nice flow. We we have we have J2K asking if he can see the drippy dicks commercial from our sponsor. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's just play it. Let's play the commercial from our sponsor, Drippy Dicks. Roll it up, Kitty. Greetings. I'm Dr. Dick Richards. You may know my brother, Chim Richards, from the iconic film, Anchorman. But I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about my revolutionary new product, Drippy Dicks. Have you ever thought you were done going hee And then suddenly you found... Dr. Dick, the camera's still alive. 
damn it! You told me the camera was to my right. Have you ever thought you were done going pee pee? Only moments later to find a drip or two or three in your underwear? Perhaps even saturated through to your outerwear? Have you ever felt ashamed? Well, feel ashamed no more. Even the iconic legendary musician Elvis Presley has had his own share of drippy dick. Look at all that pee-pee on Elvis's tidy whities For all the males in the day, then, there, go, thou arts out there. Anyone with a dick. I've invented a revolutionary patented design called Drippy Dicks. Not only will it prevent your outerwear from becoming saturated, but also your innerwear. Here's how it works. Our state-of-the-art patented design can absorb up to two and a half cups of pee-pee. Simply remove the plastic from the adhesive side. Place adhesive side down in your banana hammock. Nobody wants a sticky pee-pee. We're trying to prevent a drippy pee-pee. Just watch Drippy Dicks go to work. The banana hammock is still dry. Just look at that absorption. That's the patented design of Drippy Dicks. Drippy Dicks. Made by a dick for a dick. Drippy Dicks. Get your free box today when you subscribe to Bears Country Podcast and the Barroom Network. Drippy Dicks do not really exist. This commercial was just made for fun. <laughs> Where'd that jacket come from? <laughs> I got it as a Ron Burgundy costume and for the 2016 Halloween party we had. We okay. Actually... <laughs> Because that's one of the ugliest coats I've, or jackets I've ever Isn't seen. <laughs> you know where I bought it? I went down to like a, a suit store down here in the south. You know, pink, purple, polka dot, fucking every kind of suit you could possibly consider whatever be made was there. <laughs> so I found the, the maroonest one I could find. I hope I you all found that funny because we had a lot of fun making it and we like to have fun here on Bears Country Podcast. I know this is about the bears, but, you know, a sense of humor is what I have and what Kitty has. And I hope you guys both have because we had a lot of, a lot of fun making that. I hope everyone out there enjoys it as much as we did. Like Dan says, I was seriously wondering if you wore that out in public in real life, you know, if that was actually a suit that you liked. Oh, that's what they wear to churches and stuff around here. They go to church wearing suits like that down here. It's crazy. You'll, you'll, you'll catch lunch, you know, at the local diner, and you got all these different arranges of colors of suits. It's it's actually kind of cool, you know. Beats <laughs> just the constant gray or black with a blue tie, you know. Hey, you're describing all of mine. That's what. <laughs> that's why I have the sunglasses. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dan, are you are you a little embarrassed by that sponsorship? Of course not. I'm the rated R kind of guy, right? So one day you might need him, Dan. One day you might need him. God, I hope not. <laughs> if I can't right. handle my fucking piss, how am I ever gonna get blown? <laughs> I'm just saying, if if you're like if you have what were you calling a PP dick? If you have PP dick, no woman's gonna want to like help you out like that, you know. Well, Dan, at 60, I'm still okay, so you've got hope. There you go. 
I'll, I'll uh, use Cliff as my inspiration uh, to have a clean uh, penis. Make sure you keep your 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 penis clean, folks. This is like a campaign promise. I'm on the trail right now, and I'm telling you, like, stick with me, Jenny, and I'll have a clean cock. A clean penis brings you great things. Just subscribe to get yourself a free box of drippy dicks today, Dan, and you can prevent your dick from having pee-pee at it. I mean, just, <laughs> just look at how much pee-pee that those drippy dicks hold. <laughs> I'm still waiting for a thousand people to send you requests for those. <laughs> well, in the end, it says trippy dicks are are not for real. It's, this commercial is just made for fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, well, with that, why don't we bring in our special guest from chat? I have not talked to him yet. We were going to do a pre-production meeting, but he was busy tonight. Hopefully, everything worked out because he's here hanging out with us. So let's bring him in so he doesn't sit in the back waiting any longer. Vaughn, how you doing, buddy? You guys can hear me? I can we hear can. you, yeah. Yes. So how you guys doing? Dan, Dan, both the Dan's, Cliff, how you guys doing tonight? I'm good well. To it's good to talk to you. Yeah, good to hear you, Vaughn. I, I've, I've seen you in the chat a lot. It's nice to hear your voice. I appreciate, Vaughn, I we appreciate can... you guys for having me on. Seriously, it's always a pleasure to just talk Bears. It's like I've been a Bears fan for 10 years now, and whenever I could just talk about Bears, it's, it's a fun thing to me. So, like I said, I appreciate you guys for having me on. Well, Vaughn, you were one of the first people to reach out that wanted to come on Bears Country Podcast, and I wanted to try to get you on, and we had an opening tonight, and normally we don't we wouldn't do this with four people because it gets a little, uh, you know, jumbled, but we'll just keep the flow going around and just try not to interrupt each other. Just Vaughn, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, how how'd you be, where how are you becoming a Bears fan? How are you a Bears fan? Where do you live? Are you do you live in Illinois? Are you growing up in that shitty weather? Are you sick of the Illinois toll system that's you know you know taking your money out of your pocket everywhere you go? Are you sick of the taxes everywhere in Illinois? Are you in a different state? Tell us a little bit about yourself, Vaughn. Well, yeah. I'll Stay in Chicago, South Side of Chicago. Been a Bears fan since I could say 2010, 2010. The first Bears game I seen was Bears versus Eagles. I think it was a Monday night game when the Bears completely just wiped wiped the Eagles. You feel me? And when I seen that game, I was like, Oh yeah, I can. I love football. This is you feel me? This is a Chicago team, and I like. I like that's that's when they had Jay Cutler, Mark, uh, Matt Forte. I'm not sure. I can't remember who who was like the main main people on the team, but once I seen that game, I was like, "Oh yeah, I like this team. Looks fun." And that's that's I, was when I became a Bears fan. I'm sure Dan could piece together that team for you. Oh, uh, Johnny Knox would have been a wide receiver. A no, little Devin no, no. Hester sprinkled in. Yeah. Uh, Kellen Davis, Greg Olson, tight ends. Uh, Des Clark was still there. I like you said, Kellen Matt Fortin. Cause I never like I never liked Kellen Davis. I remember that he was always dropping easy passes to me. He was always yeah, there. and he was six seven. I expected more out of him. I thought he was a big yeah. ass guy out there should be catching. But you're right. I thought he should be catching more. Uh, we had Chester Taylor to yeah. back up Forte. Yep. Yep. And that guy that uh, that March wanted so bad that I could never pronounce his name. Brandon Munamunamalula. Yeah, <laughs> Whatever the fuck, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, this Earl is awesome. Bennett. Earl Bennett. Earl, we can't forget Earl. Earl Bennett, well, right? We cannot forget about Earl Bennett. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, what was his Earl name, Bennett. too? Uh, Des White? Des is gone. Yeah, Des White was there 2000 through 2003. I love Des White, though. I thought that... Uh, yeah, he would. He was going to be somebody. Then, like uh, the Bears didn't re-sign him after his four years. He went to Atlanta and didn't do anything. Was out of the league at like twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. Now, who was the kicker back then, Dan? Was that uh, Butker? The Paul kicker Edger. in two thousand or two thousand ten. The the one that Vaughn was talking about was we had Robbie in twenty ten. But yeah, in two thousand through oh three through oh four, actually, we had Paul Edinger, whom I loved. Oh, right, Paul Edinger. I love Paul Edinger, too. He had that yeah. weird lineup, right? Yeah, but he never missed a fucking game-winning kick ever. And then he went to Minnesota and was hitting some game-winning kicks. And then they got Ryan Longwell from Green Bay, and it's just like they cut him, too. And then I guess Paul just went to the house. I don't know where the fuck he – he never kicked again. He, he had a stellar but quiet career because he was on bad teams. Hey, Vaughn. So, hey, Vaughn, what would you think about uh, – this game against the Texans. What, what were your impressions? Just going to ask you that. Uh, it was a tough one. It most definitely was a tough one, but I had to come, I had to realize like this is a rebuilding team. I don't think a lot of people is failing to realize that this is a rebuilding team. There's going to be ups and downs with this team, especially with a second year quarterback learning a new offense, really not no weapons around him. So of course it's going to be a little bumpy, you know, starting off. Hopefully, what I'm what I'm well, what I'm hoping that happens is we can pull a Philadelphia Eagles of last year. You know, we start off slow, we run the ball, have Justin, you know, get up to the speed of the game by running the ball, protect him, and then later on in the season we can open it up more and hopefully finish off strong. But that's yeah, where that's I'm going with it. I, that's what I'm, I'm thinking with. too. I'm thinking. I'm thinking let's pound the fucking ball down their throat right now in the running game. Let's get that running game established. Let's get the offensive line gelled together, running the ball, and then we'll start to slowly develop the passing game behind that. It's going to yeah. take more than a year of learning this offense. And, you know, maybe by game seven, game eight, we can start to click, and then we can start to see some of those games from Justin that we saw last year, like the Steelers game or the Ravens game, you know. Once he's more comfortable, people forget he's learning in a new, a new offense all over again. All over, and so is everybody else. Yeah, Flus has told us all along that it's a two-year rebuild. He said that at the start, and like mm-hmm. Vaughn's saying, people are forgetting about that. You know, they suddenly want to win or they want to be great. Let's see how good we are at the end of this season, and then let's see what uh, polls does to fill the holes with uh, the hundred million and the uh, draft. I'm going to be the opposite. I'm the meathead fan. I'm telling you, man, like who thought this time last year, week going into week four of 2021, hey, man, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. Nobody, not even the Bengal fans. And I always pull up the Rams, man. The Rams, 98, 4 and 12, 99, Super Bowl champions. Now, granted, Oh, you say, well, they had Kurt Warner, but nobody knew who Kurt Warner was yet. I mean, Kurt Warner was stocking the fucking groceries in 97, and by <laughs> 99, he's the league MVP and Super Bowl 34 MVP. Now, I can say Fields has got a long way to go if he's going to be Kurt Warner, obviously, but I'm not giving up hope. I, to me, if you just say, 
oh, this is a rebuilding year, then then you're saying it's it's okay to to lose the Green Bay next time. You know, it's like I I'm all right with that. Like I want them to win now. Like I'm I'm going to be 42. Like I could die. <laughs> you know, like I want them to win now. And uh, if they don't, I'll still be back next year because I'm a fool. I know, man. I'm start, I'm getting to this point now where I'm going to be 48 coming up in a couple of months, and I'm like, since I have turned an adult, 18 years old, we've made the playoffs until Nagy. It was like four or five times. He luckily. Oh, I can added. run this off. I can run this off right now off the top of my head. All right. So we're going to talk about post Ditka, or are we including Ditka? Uh, it would be post Ditka because that All would right, be when I was 18. 1994, we make the playoffs with Dave Wanstead. We yep. don't make the playoffs again until 2001 with our friend Dick Geron. So, again, 94, 01, 05 with Lovey, 06 with Lovey, 2010 with Lovey, 2018 with Matt Nagy, and that's all she wrote. I was just oh, no, 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 2020 with Nagy. We can't forget 2020 with Nagy with the, uh, the Saints loss. Shit, I... That that's that team. It felt so bad that, like, I've, I've almost forgotten it. And you, you know, after that game, Aldo and I've talked about so many times. Nagy was laughing and shit in the post game, smiling. Like he should have been fired after the Saints game. Yeah. How old are you, Von? Twenty-two. Going to be twenty-three. So I can most definitely understand the frustration coming from other fans about wanting to win. Now, Holy so. shit! So yeah. <laughs> I can most definitely. You you have you have more playoff experience in your life than we do in ours, like uh, percentage wise. <laughs> hey, I've got Super Bowl in Dude, my life. You guys are all babies. I have Super Bowl in my life too. So does Dan. I've got every game from that season, and you know, I was five when they were played, but I watched every game probably like two thousand. And of course, I've seen him multiple times now. So it's like, but it's not the same as experiencing it as an adult. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I really just, I just want one more, man, and, and then everyone else can have it. I, yeah, I would just if, if the Bears had won in 06, I feel like my whole life could be different. I really believe that. I'd be just so like, oh, it's okay, you know. I'm, I'm a fan. If we're rebuilding, it's okay. Like. To me, like it's like no, I, but I need this. I don't want to be one of those Cubs fans that that fucking die before they win. You know? Did you have that feeling after the loss of Super Bowl? Like, oh, we'll be back here again next year. Yes, definitely, without a doubt. I didn't. I did not because it seemed like every year the team that lost the Super Bowl was shitty the next year. I didn't know they'd be seven and nine, but. I wasn't pounding my chest saying next year's our year at all. Uh, but I really thought in 2010 that that, that we were going to beat Green Bay and we were, we were going to be there. I, I, I thought we were going to win it. That year. I believed in Cutler, man. I, most What's that, Buck? I, I said we were most definitely supposed to go to the Super Bowl that year. I remember when Green Bay, the NFC Championship game, Cutler got hurt. Man, big props to you, Vaughn, for sticking with the Bears after that. <laughs> I mean, there's been lots of losing after that 2010 season. It was so, so awful. Man, man. and then when they, when I, I heard you guys, and I was talking about Lovey. Yeah, you, you don't fire a coach that go 10 and 6. You, to me, you just don't. I understand, like, the previous two years, you go 7 and 1, 7 and 3, you miss the playoff. Like, yeah, that's, there's no way that's, that's, that's unacceptable, but. I feel like 
the Bears went downhill as soon as they let go of Lovey. You know, I, to me, you mm-hmm. just don't, don't do that to a coach that went 10 and 6. I'm going to take it a step further and say that, I'm going to I'm going to take it a step further and say they went downhill when they fired Angelo, Jerry Angelo. Yeah. Because yeah, they both, both of them worked well together. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the guy playing devil's advocate on this just because and I, I, I I've told you I have an affinity for Lovey Smith. Mm-hmm. But Six of the nine years Lovey was there, we did not make the postseason. Six of nine years, we don't make it. Uh, And in 2011, when you start the year seven and three and Cutler gets hurt, you got Donovan McNabb every week begging to be signed. He's like, I grew up in Chicago, Mount Carmel, you know, and I I would love to come and help the Bears. He's he's campaigning for a fucking job. And there's no way you can tell me that Donovan McNabb at the end of his career, the worst days of his life, uh, even when he's getting DUIs, that Donovan wasn't better than what we had behind Jay at that point. I think yeah. if you sign Donovan, even if he just wins two games, and he could have, there's no doubt in my mind, the Bears go to the play. If they win one more game than they did, they made the playoffs that year. And yeah. Cutler was supposed to be healthy enough to start in a wild card game. So that kind of shit is like, man, Jerry Angelo, why didn't you sign Donovan? He's he's begging you for the he wants to play with the Bears and like he's better than Caleb Haney. Please sign him. Like, why didn't they sign him? That still bothers me to this day. I forgot about that, Dan. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> I still think Angelo made a lot of good decisions. You know, that might not have been one of them. But look at what the Bears had after Angelo and Lovey. You know, I mean, we went downhill for a decade. Hey, uh, Vaughn, I want to ask you, do you remember this play? Along now he goes outside, gets the block, powers up with one man to beat. He could go all the way. But Tony pops oh. with a big home run, forcing the fumble to save the day. Yeah, and Tony Sturgeon with a great job here. He knows he's beat. He looks back. He just ripped Sad. the ball out with his left Vaughn wasn't alive yet, yeah, but that's the play I referenced in the other show. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even thought of when this happened. <laughs> yeah, that's that is week sixteen of nineteen ninety five. So yeah, yeah, I wasn't even thought of. Rashawn Salam wins the Heisman Trophy that year, playing for the Colorado uh, Buffaloes in Boulder, and he gets drafted by the Bears with like twenty first pick, Dan twenty second pick. Yeah, but if you look at his stats, he was solid in in ninety five. He just fumbled too much. Like I said, I think maybe Forte's eclipsed him. But at the time, he had the the most, even more than Walter, the most rushing yards for a rookie. He had close to eleven hundred, maybe. And then I don't know what happened. Like he's out of the league in less than three years. He I just, I, I don't know. I know he. The they say he liked to smoke weed, but fuck, man. I mean, Ricky Williams smoked weed and still yeah, that, had like a lot crazy. of moments. You know, one good year, and then what's happening with him? And, and there were also better players to draft around where he was drafted. Yeah. He just ran too stiff, that's all. Too stiff he was up. good in 95. People just don't remember it. Yeah. No, I do remember it. He was good that year, but he just fucking fumbled the ball like that. I, I'll, that, that play sticks in my head forever infamously. And I'm glad you sent that to me to make the clip up really quick for the show because it's just – he just – Dropped it. <laughs> That's correctable, though. If you recall, I'm going back in time a little, not not as far back as Salam, but 
Tiki Barber at one point was a huge fumbler. And Tom Coughlin just showed him to carry the ball higher than he had been before. And he never fumbled after that. I mean, they could have gotten that straight. I don't know why he couldn't be the tough guy. He was running motherfuckers over, you know, like why he couldn't repeat that and just not fumble, you know? So, Vaughn, like, tell us about what you think about the first two games of the season. You, you gave us your opinion on the last game. Like, what do you feel about the Niners game? What do you feel about the Packers game? What are your thoughts on those two? Well, for week one, uh, I mean, I wasn't really expecting too much week one. You know, it's, feel me, everybody had everybody played the full game. Um, It was a little bit kind of. How can I say it was a little bit concerning at first, but once once Justin made that one play to Dante Pettis, that's when I feel like that opened the game wide open. That put more pressure on San Francisco to mm-hmm. either respond back or put more or put three points on the board, which I don't believe they did if my memory serves me correct. And uh, after that, that's when I just feel like that's when the offense opened up. They started moving the ball well, and then that's when the rain came. Got a pick. Eddie got that pick. All she wrote from there. It was like I said, it was a little mm-hmm. bit concerning, but we came out with the dub. That's all you can ask for at the end of the day. Uh, week two against the Packers, I had, I most definitely had Green. I mean, the Bears winning that game. I felt like they could have most definitely came in and shocked people, but once uh, Minnesota beat Green Bay week one, I kind of threw that out the window because I, to me, I thought that was a trap game for the Packers, but uh, I just, I was talking to a lot of people about this. It's just I I don't know if Justin if he if he's if he's seeing what what the play call is telling him to to throw it to or he's just I don't know if he's just not seeing it. But once I go back and look at the film, I'm, I, I see EQ running wide open down the sidelines. This, well, this past week and against the Green Bay game, mm-hmm. and it's just he be having people open and it's just it's concerning to me. But like I said, he's still young. I'm gonna give him the time and. We came out with the laws, but we two and one now. So now he Justin's a really smart person, and I think he's getting stuck in his own head. You know, yeah. sometimes smart people think a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that could be some of what's going on with him right now. You know, think yeah. a little bit less, Justin, and just do what you and know how let it to rip. do. Yeah, that's yeah. true. If you if you make an analogy, I was never a great basketball player because I had no lateral movement, but I could shoot. You know, and so. If you got into, like, let's just say free throws. If I got up there and started thinking, okay, make sure your elbows are out. Make sure your elbows. And you start concentrating on your form. That's when you miss. But if you get up there and you just, you just do the same shit, you're whatever your rhythm is, and just shoot and not think, that's when you make it. Nothing but net. So it's like if you start concentrating on, on your form and trying to be perfect, that's when you're not having fun, you're stiff, you're methodical, and, and maybe – like you said, he's in his own head. I I, I don't know. I, I I root for Justin so much, and I liked what he said in the post game. I mean, he was just like, "Fuck, I sucked. I, I played like trash. I got to be better." So he's not a liar. He's he's cognizant. He he cares. They there was a report last week that he's been coming in like an hour plus earlier every week to watch more film. Like this dude's giving us what he's got. I hope that the results will show in time. But he he's not going to be the Cade McDown where you say he was lazy and he didn't want to put in the time. Like, this guy's doing everything he can. So hopefully we get some results because I'm rooting for him. And my, my 
thoughts are there on that again like i said earlier is i think that because there's so many different designs built into each play where they can change it and to the one like you're talking about von and the green bay game where he didn't see eq down the right sideline that was a play that was not supposed to go that way and eq adjusted that route and justin just didn't pick it up that's the kind of stuff that comes with time and he, he missed can't. EQ yesterday, like I said, if you go back on that first pick, which yeah. I still think was trapped on the ground, but that's another story. But that first interception, uh, St. Brown's open there as well. But we don't Not know if that was a play that could have been changed, too. What's that, Von? No, I was just saying on that on his second interception, too, Dante Pettis, it looked like they was in a cover two, like a little cover two, uh, the Texans were. And the, the second pick that he threw, he had uh, Pettis right there on that left sideline. It's just, I feel like to me, Justin is, he, he's moving a little bit too fast. I remember we always say you got to speed up that clock. But now to me, it's like you moving a little bit too fast. Just trust the pocket a little bit. Read read the field. Once you read the field, you're going to have defenders open. Because I, I honestly believe Getty is, is is drawing up plays to get these receivers open. It's just not, it's just Justin. He's just not seeing it right now. And like mm-hmm. I said, that comes with time. This Second second year quarterback, first year offense. So just give him time. I I, I still believe in Fields. Second year quarterback who hasn't even played a full season yet. So yes. no, do I, you all I think heard... too that? Oh, go ahead, uh, Cliff. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead, Dan. Finish the thought because I've got something a little different. Okay, I was going to say, do you think that maybe because whether it be the the line or bad throws or or whatever, you kind of get. Even if you're a positive person, sometimes when everything is going wrong, you expect it to go wrong. Yeah. So it yeah. kind of, like I said, you're not in any kind of rhythm, and you're like, oh fuck, man. We, I mean, you wanted to so badly, but you're just like, oh, I missed that screen pass. Like I did that. It's like you get into an anti rhythm almost of like the, the no rhythm where you're just expecting bad shit to happen. And when you're thinking that negatively, bad shit happens usually. Mm-hmm. He just needs something positive is what I'm saying. He needs something good to happen. An early touchdown pass, you know, just something to give him enthusiasm. It could have been something as simple as that EQ play from last week where he, if you watch that play, he drops back. He's standing in the pocket. It's a perfect pocket. He drops back his five steps. He looks to the right. He sees him, but then he looks to his the, to the middle. He sees the safety, and you can see him look back again. And by then, you could tell he probably was like, "Fuck, it's too late," and he he just he didn't throw it. But if he would have just dropped back and just launched it, kind of like the first play of the game for the Packers in the opening game, where Watson dropped that, that was the exact same fucking play. It was the exact same play. If Justin would have just taken that five step drop. Launch the ball, they could, it would have been a different story. That's what Rodgers did on that first play of the game that Christian Watson dropped. Same fucking play. So he'll now, get there. Now, Mooney. Right, I believe uh, it. Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead, ahead. Fine. I was just saying, I believe, Um, I, I agree with J2K. You know, he um, he said that he don't trust, that Justin doesn't trust the O-line, which is, I believe that's true because he he has a, he can step up in a pot. He doesn't step up. He, he, he rolls out. If he steps up in the pocket, I'm pretty sure he, the he will have enough time to find the, the correct man. It's just like I don't he doesn't trust that pocket right now. That's now, a good point. What, 
what I saw is the rest of the team doesn't blame Justin for it. Uh, Darnell Mooney went out after the game to catch balls from the jugs machine. And Jeff Joniak was saying he'd never seen anybody do that before. You know, he's out there catching passes after the game on the field, you know, trying to improve himself. He needs to be running routes because he's not getting the ball thrown to him for whatever reason. I don't think that his hands are in doubt. It's why isn't he getting the ball thrown to him? And can I say we one have... negative thing? I, I, just one negative thing about guests. Please that, do. We can't all be positive here. Okay. Because one, one thing that's concerning, when I be watching, I, I, I was over here watching the New York Giants and, and the Dallas game. And I, and I was watching the Philly game uh, last week. And to me, it's just, I, it looks like they're setting up their quarterback, you know, for easy, easy completions, confidence boosters. I don't see none of that. All I see is when we when we have Justin drop back to throw, it's nothing but drop backs. I don't, I never see like a, a shotgun rollout or a RPO bubble. You see, I, I never see none of that. I never, right. I never seen none of the little slant, the the, the slot wheel routes Grant Green Bay used to do last year. None of the slants. Like Dan, I remember you were saying last week. The Bears, the Green Bay Packers always kill the Bears on the slants. Why can't we never do the uh, slants? We never I agree with slants. you. We never do none of that. We got to keep the defense guessing. I just don't like that Justin always drop back, drop back. You're going to have the RPO, bubble screen. You're going to have to do something. The mesh, I don't see no mesh concepts. I don't see none of that. I agree That's with you 100%. Kind of frustrated. I agree with you, and it's not because you referenced the slants that I talked about, but the thing, the point that – Again, I'm putting in my own words, but a summary of what you just said that I agree with so much is we can't get him into a rhythm. I think if you get fields to where he's not thinking, he's in a rhythm, and let's just go, and the offense is coming to him, to use a cliche, and then he's going to show – he's got such great athleticism. He's got a great arm. We saw it at Ohio State. I mean, you've seen him throw the deep ball. There's no way that he just – doesn't have it in him anymore suddenly. I mean, I know there are a lot of people with great arms that didn't make it, like J- Jamarcus Russell with the Raiders. But still, man, I, I he's, he's got it there. It's the Bears' job to unlock his potential. Yeah. It looks to That's- me like they're concentrating on the run. They're trying to improve the run first. And it actually is working. I mean, 281 yards, that's nothing to – feel bad about that's some walter shit there man yeah exactly he did walter did that uh close to that on my 16th birthday never forget that game by himself (laughs) not not just like a committee but running back but you're you're referencing the minnesota game i'm assuming in 77 yeah 275 yards five yards yes Corey dillon was the first to break that actually Corey dillon Corey Dillon was initially the first person that eclipsed Walter on the 275. Oh, right. Yeah. That to beat the record. Yeah. I was like, Corey didn't, Dillon didn't live back then. <laughs> no, no, not then. It was in the, the middle 90s when he was still in Cincinnati, I think. So if the Bears are, but if they're fixing the run first and they're actually doing a good job of it, does it matter how long it takes to get the passing game going? You know, whether it's next game or whether it's five games from now? If they come out rushing for 281 yards a game and win every game by three fucking points, I could give a shit. I do want to, at some point, see the development and the breakout game of Justin Fields. I want to see that 
Josh Allen game, that Patrick Mahomes game, or multiple games. I want to see the game. There were, we know we can take over a game. We saw it against the Steelers. We saw it against the Ravens. He almost beat the Niners last year. There's three games that they could have won because of Justin Fields last year, and they could have been in the playoffs because of that. And we need to see that get those games this year. I know they're coming. It's just we all have to get through this, you know, this downtime where the offense is just learning and they're getting out onto the field as a brand new offense and a brand new season, and they have to find each other in this offense. And the, it will if I could add to that, though, the, the the thing with Fields, though, it's complicated because let's say they did keep getting. I mean, you're probably not going to get 281 yards rushing, but let's say they get over 200 yards rushing, maybe on average. Uh, and they're winning because of the running game. That's all and fine. But, you know, if he, if he keeps having games with the rating of 20, 30, 40, the press is already against him anyway on ESPN and NFL Network. Everyone's saying he sucks. It's going to build that narrative that's hard to overcome, and the Bears are going to end up drafting another quarterback. So we, we have to see, even if he becomes a quote-unquote game manager the rest of the year, if he can just give us – if the Bears are winning and he can get ratings in the upper 70s, 80s, 90s, somewhere through there, it's enough to where the Bears can say, all right, we can build with this kid. Because my biggest fear is that the Bears will cut, uh, not release him, but just give up on him too soon. He goes somewhere else and he's a fucking star. Yeah. That, that, that's what I'm afraid yeah. of, man. Because that's what I, I said the other day. Chicago cannot have nice things. We 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 pile on these kids like like we gotta understand these are these are kids people my age playing playing professional sports you cannot just you, you can't do that we had Matt Nagy as a coach last year people people don't even consider that you feel me everybody want to give Trevor Lawrence a pass they talking about he had Urban Meyer what about Justin we had Matt Nagy yes we I understand we don't have the talent that that you feel me. Uh, uh, like we cannot match up with well, I, I can't even say we can't match up with Jacksonville because I honestly believe we can. But we don't have the offensive weapons of a Jacksonville or or um San Francisco. We didn't but, pay eighty million bucks eighty million bucks for a Christian Kirk, right? Yeah, we yeah. And and, and people wanna wanna harp on us like, like like we making a bad decision. We have to first see if Justin can play this position first, see if he can play play up to a standard first. If he can do that, best believe. With that hundred million cap space, they will go out and trade for a receiver or, or something. I hope they get a. I hope they can get a Calvin Ridley or, or somebody. But we just got. What's Vaughn? What's the guy's name with the Giants right now? That I can't think of it. It used to be with Detroit. Yeah, Galladay wants out. Yeah, he wants out. I want Kenny Galladay. A lot of people don't like Kenny Galladay because they say he 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 hasn't done anything since he left Detroit. He's with the New York fucking Giants with Daniel Jones. Hey, don't hate on Daniel Jones. We play him next week. Anytime I rip a quarterback, he has his best game against the Bears. You're right. (laughs) Daniel Jones is going to be a Hall of Famer, Vaughn. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. (laughs) And next week we can talk about him sucking. We're going to fucking play a Hall of Fame quarterback next week. That's right. I'm so scared. Real quick. Real real quick. I don't want to interrupt you. Real quick. Guys, get get your questions ready in chat for us. We'll we'll pull them up uh, in a little bit here. Uh, just when I first announced it, there was nobody in chat. So anyone who wants any questions, we can pull up a Q and A later on with you guys in chat, and we'll we'll pull all your questions aside. 
Sorry, go ahead, uh, Vaughn. Oh, no, I, I, I was basically done. It's just people just want to, I don't know, they just want to shit on the Bears because we didn't get that big, big name guy, but it's all, it's, it's going to be fine. It's just, I was talk, I was having a heated debate with my friends the other day. I was saying people are so quick to give up on quarterbacks if they're not coming out like Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes. I said they didn't fucked it up for all the young quarterbacks coming in because you, young quarterbacks not supposed to come in a game throwing 300 yards two touchdowns, three touchdowns a week. They fucked it up for all the young quarterbacks. People oh, are expecting people to just come in and do it. Like, like no. They, what happened to the development part? People forgot all about that. Quarterbacks used to sit on the bench for two years like Aaron Rodgers before yeah. they started, you know? It's like, that's a great point, Vaughn. <laughs> yeah, Steve McNair uh, sat on the bench a little bit in Houston before Steve he Young. got into the game. Yeah, yeah, Steve Young is another one. But I, I, he, he makes a good point that, you know, you expect greatness immediately, and that's an unfair comparison with – because Mahomes is the outlier. He's got – he had Tyreek Hill. He had Kelsey. He had a good line. I mean, with the exception of the, when they went to the Super Bowl and everybody was hurt against Tampa. But for the most part, he's been surrounded by really solid players. And but my point is, if Mahomes had been on our team, he probably wouldn't have been Mahomes. <laughs> if the Bears actually would have drafted him. No. Look at look at Hertz and Josh Allen. They were both awful when they started out, and look at the two of them now. Mm-hmm. Tua, look at Tua. I I thought Tua was an awkward left-handed. Just oh man, getting Tyreek Hill there. He's he's gonna go die when he sees Tua can't throw like Mahomes. And they're, they're fucking three and zero. Like GCS says, Mahomes, last week. Mahomes, Cam Newton, Deshaun Watson, Pre- Dak Prescott, Mac Jones, etc. That's why. Young QBs, if you want to get the right one produced right away. I mean, it's you you do want to get them on that rookie deal, and that's why everyone's it's the trend of the NFL now. So when and one Russell quarterback Russell. does it, right. Russell won a Super Bowl on the rookie deal. Yep. Should have won too. He might have been yeah. one of the first ones to make that part of the standard of the NFL. So yeah. you see it what sucks he did. that we can't get that out of ours, but it, it, time is all that's needed. Go ahead, Cliff. You see what Russell Wilson did this week? He looked a little bit more like old Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. He's got a shitty coach right now. That that Hackett guy, I know he was with Green Bay, but it just feels like he's a moron to me. Like, yeah, Russ is going to have to like be player coach in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, they don't know what they're doing over there in Denver. I don't know. I don't know. I thought Nathaniel Hackett would have been a nice upgrade over uh, Vic Fangio, but I don't know. I don't know what they're doing over there. I can't believe Vic, Vic Fangio is out of the league. But they're two and one. Yeah, if you're a Broncos fan, you're two and one. Yeah, yeah. They were supposed to be three and zero, oh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let that first game slide. Let the first game slide. <laughs> hey, his name is Nathaniel. Give him a fucking break. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just by I just go by Nathan if I was him. Nathan Hackett. Or Nate. Yeah, yeah Nate, Nate Hackett. Yeah. Hey, I've got a question for you guys. Who are you thinking of as this week's honorary captain? Who stood out in the game and should get the honor? Khalil Herbert. Uh, Khalil Herbert. Yeah, Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert. You know, I mean, uh, Roquan's obvious, but he's already a captain. He's a permanent captain. Mm-hmm. And so is Justin, right? 
Yeah, it's got to be yeah. Khalil Herbert. It's got to be. He was a fucking beast. Dude, I have his All numbers you. right here. Fucking 157 yards rushing on 20 attempts. Like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, we're yeah, 20 of no, 20 carries, 157 yards, two touchdowns. I don't know. You might say, well, he had that big run, so maybe the rest of the game wasn't whatever. But the rest of the game was solid. That like the touchdown. God, he was running hard on. The, the, well, I guess he had two touchdowns, but you know the one I'm talking about where the where it was like what 10, 11 yards, and and scored at the goal line, not just the one yarder. Like he was running hard all day. Was making nice cuts. Uh, man, he, in the preseason, I thought, man, uh, maybe Ebner could eclipse him because he's not a great, you know, pick up the blitz, help Justin on pass. He's not necessarily a pass blocking running back, but. Man, Ebner hasn't shown anything yet, and Herbert was balling out, man. So it's yeah. hard to take him off the field. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, you know who Ebner reminds me of? Who's that? This. The lob. Now he goes outside, gets the block. Oh. You know, ironically, he was 31 in the preseason. He was. And for whatever reason, he just reminds me of Rasan Salam for, for some reason. I think it's because he runs upright. And he's, like I said, he, it's not like he's zero to 60. It's more like he's 60 to 80. Like with his speed, his top end speed seems to be from third gear to 10th gear. Right. So, I don't know. It's just, I, I noticed that when he was wearing 31, he reminded me of Rashawn Salam. Thank God he hasn't, you know, fumbled the ball as much as him. Yeah, but no shit. He just reminds me of him with his body style, kind of the upright running I don't know. I, I I think that we could do better with that. I almost want them to bring Darrington Evans up from the practice squad now, especially if uh, Montgomery uh, is gone for any period of time. That ankle, when he got rolled up, I mean, it. I know they said it, it wasn't like career-threatening or anything, thank God, but it looked bad to me. Like, it looks like I mean, if I, I mean, who am I to guess on injuries? But it looks like a three to four week kind of thing. Like, unless he's suddenly, yeah, just back. Like, wow, he heals. You know, maybe he's in one of those hyperbaric chambers, and you know, all that the things you can do to exacerbate or increase uh, your recovery. But man, it looks like that. Man, it looked like a three to four week thing to me. When they're saying ankle and knee, I'm thinking high ankle sprain, and that's four weeks at least. Yeah, so I bet you – I mean, he's tough, though. He'll probably be – if it's a four-week injury, I bet he'll be back in three. But I, I'm going to say he misses at least two games. I would say at least. I mean, that that was a big dude that rolled up on his leg there and got his knee and his ankle. Well, today, I think today they said his knee was okay, though. Yeah. The, well, the ankle. Bruce was saying it was a day-to-day injury. And then the reporter says, well, how is it compared to yesterday? He's like, it's the same. It's day to day. I, I started laughing when he's talking. It was funny. That might as well be John Fox saying that shit. I know. It's, I, I love the clip I pulled up on Barham Network of the, the reporters. So, uh, and he's like, yeah. It's, he's like, what did you say? Yeah, he's like, I, I love the when the coach, I didn't hear what you said. What's that? Because he has to rethink the answer in his head. Like, oh, okay. Uh, He's yeah. like injury reserve. I, I haven't heard of that. What's I R? I don't know. 
<laughs> so, Vaughn, how, how, how are you feeling about this next game? We play the Giants next, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a real winnable game. I think it's a real winnable game. It's, as long as the run game is, is effective and – we don't turn the ball over on offense. I think we can real we can really win this game. Daniel, well, I don't want to talk bad on Daniel Jones, but he's a Hall of Famer. Don't Hall of Famer. That's how I feel. <laughs> we just stop saying, yeah, put the ball in Daniel Jones' hand, make him throw the ball, and not turn the ball over on offense. Hit the hit the open man. Hey, we're gonna have to be three and one, hopefully. It's very very similar to the Texan game. Mm-hmm. Very, yeah. You don't want to overlook the Giants because you got Minnesota on deck. You know, you got to take mm-hmm. care of business next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that this game is going to be another weird one, just like the Texans game. And I just think it's going to go back and forth. And if we can continue to pound the ball with the, in the running game like we have, I think we can win this game for sure. I think the 2-0, whatever the score is in the in the Giants-Cowboys game right now is, I think that's uh, – I think a lot of people are thinking that's kind of false, right? I don't think they're really a 2-0, 3-0 team. So, But people are saying that about us too, ironically. So Exactly. So that's what it's going to come down to, a very interesting game between these two teams that nobody believes in. So – Fucking yeah, win this you one. Keep getting wins. You keep stockpiling wins. It doesn't really matter what anybody says. Yep. Yeah. That'd be two uh, NFC wins. The important Three thing NFC is teams. still the important thing is still the development of the team. You know, the wins don't really matter. Now, if the Bears put enough of them together to make the playoffs, all right, then you know, we'll start thinking differently. But uh, that's why this one matters, though, Cliff, because you might need one game in December. You're like, ah, if we just had one more win, well, what about that one at New York? Because that on paper is a game you you could be competitive with. You should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm not <laughs> knocking wins. I'll take as many wins as we can get. I'll take them too, man. I'll win ugly every week. I don't give a shit. It'll get us to the playoffs and anything can happen. Yeah, if the Bears win two to nothing, like I said that last week, if they win two to nothing, fuck it. It's a win. And that's what we've been lacking so much in my life, mm-hmm. you know. So let's win. Uh, let's develop Justin along the way, but also let's win. Now, jump jumping ahead just a bit before we move on with Minnesota. I think teams are starting to show how to beat Justin Jefferson. You you take him out of the game, and Minnesota doesn't have the same team. So Bears are hopefully watching other team uh, video before they play that game. Yeah, that Thielen always has good games on us, though. Mm-hmm. Touchdown machine. And, you know, or- I can see. I, I, I don't want to. I'm not trying to say anything controversial, but a lot of times it's easy to overlook a skill position player that's white. And I'm not saying that because I'm white. I'm saying when I watch the game, I think Thielen can't be that fucking good. Come on now. He can't be fast. He can't be the. But that dude just fucking. He just he catches balls. Mm-hmm. Real smooth. Yeah. You guys want to take some questions from chat? Sure. We can love you chat. Up, chat. We love we chat. Love you. Get your questions coming here so we can pull up your questions. We got Vaughn from chat who can 
kind of go back and forth with you guys too. So what do you guys what are, what are your questions? Ravy, come up. What wide receivers do you guys think we may go for? I'll let you go first, Fon. Yeah, well, like I said earlier, well, like everybody said, I, I really want them to go get Kenny Galladay. I think he's a nice big target for Justin. I, I like imagine you got Kenny Galladay, you got when the kill Harry come back, you got EQ, Mooney, Bayless. I think that would be a nice receiving core. Uh, yeah, Kenny Galladay. Uh, what do you give? What are you going to give up for him? The most of fifth. The, the most of fifth. They want to get rid of him. I can give him a six, but if they don't want to go for a six, I give him a fifth. We need receivers, and he got like what two years left on his contract, I believe. So and he got a massive deal at the time. So I think they would be willing to part with him for us to accept that contract. Oh yeah, if that's the case, then most definitely a fail. That's yeah. a lot of money, though. Yeah. Year, we, can we can afford it next year, and we can have the Giants do something in the deal that says they pick up half of the salary. That shit happens all the time in trades in midseason. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Um, I I don't think the Bears are going to break the bank in the offseason with the money that they have. I think they're going to sign some of the players that they have to re-sign on the team. And they might be reserving some of that money for the potential Justin Fields signing. So I really think they're going to go through the draft for their wide receiver next year. I don't think they're going to go breaking the bank on some – big wide receiver name in, in free agency. So, I, in fact, I think that it might come down to a very couple of select positions that they might do that with. Other than that, I think this team wants to build through the draft, personally, uh, the, because they, they've shown to do that so far. If the Bears don't have some big need that they discover that they have to use for their first-round pick, I think they're going to go after someone like uh, Jackson Smith uh, Najig. Najig. Najigba, I can't ever say his name. Yeah, but from you know, I, I mean, yeah, some some receiver of that level because I think that that's somebody that uh, you know, could change the team. Dan, mm -hmm. well, I like the Galladay move too. I thought Galladay always seemed to play well against us as a member of the Lions, and if you recall, the Bears that went after him, he came in for a visit and workout and. And such, but the Giants gave him just a ridiculous amount of money. He that was his next visit was with the Giants, and the Bears just couldn't uh, match it at the time. So I think Galladay's a, a, a good person to target. And and furthermore, like I said, that in some instances the uh, the team that's just wanting to dump the salary will agree to pay like half of it and accept a fourth round pick and some some of those just to just to get rid of the because he's complaining he wants out. I mean. They're just like, okay, let's get something for him and get this contract off our books. And, you know, one, you choose a cliche, one man's trash is another man's treasure, whatever the fuck that, you know what I'm trying to say. I think he could make a difference with the, with us. And, uh, but like I told you, it was Dan Hampton who said on WGN that his source told him the Bears were looking to be active in the wide receiver trade market before the deadline this season. So that must mean that management is trying to win if they're going to make a trade like that, unless it's going to be like, what was the guy that we got from uh, way back in 2016? Dontrell Inman. 
Yeah, it was like, oh, oh. we need a wide receiver so bad, and uh, we're trying. We got to trade. Who, who's Dontrell Inman again? Oh, fuck. Dontrell <laughs> <laughs> Inman. Uh, what yeah, seventh round pick from? Go ahead, go ahead, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, you, you go ahead. I was just talking shit about Dontrell Inman. <laughs> I was just saying, yeah. I just think the Bears just need that that big physical receiver. You know, we have a little, we have a lot of small, smaller receivers on the roster. We just need that big go up and get it receiver. Like raising article just put up in the in the chat. I he literally just said it when the way I said it. But yeah, they they need a real number one out there. Well, other than the real number one, it sounds like you're talking about Nikhil Harry, and he's already yeah, on the team. Yeah. yeah, he's got the size. You know, I mean, he's he's a great end zone target, and whether he's a number one or not, it you know, it's hard to tell. I mean, he he failed in New England, but he was a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we but, forgot he's but, on the team still. But don't forget, Belichick is notorious for like you get in his doghouse, you don't get out. Remember right. the guy that had the game-winning interception for them in Super Bowl forty-nine on Russ Wilson, and then like two years later, he can't even get active in, in playoff games just because Belichick didn't like his personality. Yeah, so he, he carries grudges and shit, you know. So who's to say that Harry was just one of the guys that Bill didn't like? I'm hoping. I'm, I'm hoping he turns out to be somebody special, and at least as an end zone threat. Me too, man. I. I was hoping they had kept him on the team, and they did. So when he comes back, hopefully he can contribute. And Valus Jones, come on, man. We need you. No yeah, shit, guy. He boasts that he's never been injured. It's That's his number one quality coming into the NFL. <laughs> Kick out of the like fucking field. What the hell? Yeah, I don't yeah. like when players talk before they even play on the field. Like when Justin had said that, that the game was a little bit slow for him, I'm like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't have said that, bro. And then when Bayless had said, "Yeah, I never, I, I never really got hurt," I'm bro. You don't say that before you even hit the field. Just, just, just keep your mouth quiet, bro. That one kind of, Vaughn, kind of mad. Vaughn, I wanted to ask you: Did you play football, like high school or yeah. anything? Yeah, I played. Quarterback. Nice. What'd you play? Quarterback. Yeah. Nice. It was before I before I tore my ACL and all that. So yeah. This is damn. Wild. You tore an ACL that young already. <laughs> Playing basketball, a sport that I don't even like. <laughs> That's always how it works, right? <laughs> Pick up game with your buddies. Uh-huh. Hey, I got plantar fasciitis playing tennis. <laughs> Fucking oh, tennis. Man. The fuck I'm out of here with I'm tennis, mention, Cliff. God. <laughs> I'm going to mention tennis every episode I can fit it in. <laughs> That's enough with you and fucking tennis, Cliff. <laughs> Uh, I I was playing bocce ball with my friends the other day, and <laughs> I don't know why, but when he said that, it made me think of Jason Williams when he was with the Bull, or Jay Williams when he got hurt riding a bike or something. Remember that? Motorcycle, like I think he ran into a fire hydrant or some shit. Yeah, isn't that so Chicago for like a guy to like to get hurt doing something else other than being on the field? Yeah. Like, look at Derek Rose, you have the MVP of the league. Yeah, the MVP of the league, and then by next season, he's like, well, P.J. Armstrong tells me not to play, so I don't want to play. It's just like, it's so Chicago to have a a guy you, other than Jordan or Walter, where it's just like he has this really great season, has all this potential, and then he's never the same again. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Why is that? It doesn't matter what sport it is. It's just the town for some reason. 
Uh, hey, Vaughn, how long did it take you to recover from the ACL? Because I didn't really, I didn't initially get the surgery until like two, three months. Like, I didn't originally know it was an ACL until I actually went to the doctor. I thought it was just a, you see, a little inflammation. I let it heal up. But it took me, after the surgery, it probably took me, i say two, three months to fully, fully feel that I can move, like, do stuff again, but yeah, it, it was a... And that was, was a nice school? Yeah, no, it was... It, it, was, it happened uh, after my senior year of high school, so yeah. Yeah, right after high school. Oh, right out of high school? Yeah, right out of high school. I was... Went to L.A. You know how I just want to work. You got the basketball gyms, winning enough, thinking I was thinking I was LeBron, twisting my knee a certain way, and then I heard a little... I heard a little click in my knee. Then I knew it was a wrap after that one. Were you going to college then, or? Oh no, uh uh-uh. uh, uh uh. Oh, so you were just you were out of high school and just playing yeah. basketball and popped your knee. Oh, God, yeah. yeah, that sucks, but man. It's so nice to be young, where you can come back yeah. from that in a few months. I, I can't yeah. imagine uh, someone someone my age getting that. I'd be out a year. <laughs> yeah, most, if I if I didn't die. <laughs> It most definitely mm. was it was a hard road to come back. I think I said two months. I think it's been more than two months now that I'm thinking about it. Cause uh I had it in July. I started walking firmly, like I say like October. So yeah, a good three, three and a half months. Four, five, it man. took me that long just to get over the Randall Cobb play in 2013 that uh, beat us <laughs> at Soldier uh, Field, and I didn't yeah, even get yeah, hurt physically. Oh, yeah, that one hurt the soul. Oh my God, that one's still like uh, there's a special place in 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 like the back of my mind just to torture myself. I can't let it go. No shit, Dan. I remember exactly where I was at, what I was doing, man. You should have just seen my face. My face just just my jaw just dropped. I like no way. The classic Aaron Rodgers way to have we just fourth down. 27 to 28 with 40 fucking seconds left in that motherfucking cocksucker throws a goddamn fourth and nine touchdown to Randall Cobb. Fuck that guy! Oh my god, my, my and whole body just left. That was like the third or fourth fourth down on that possession, too. Just yeah, get off the shit. field. Just get a stop, man. Come on, get the just get him off the field. We can kneel, we can run the clock out. Oh God! Oh, All right, we, have- we need the Bears to win a Super Bowl to make give you guys some good memories. We've got more questions to get through. Let, let's pull up in a, a question, Kitty. <laughs> GCA: Will the Bears try to pick up another cornerback before the trade deadline? If so, who? I don't know. I'll leave that up to you three. I sort of like the cornerbacks that they have. I don't think they're all that bad. You know, Jalen Johnson, he's getting to be a shutdown corner. He's doing his job. Nobody's throwing at him. Uh, I think that uh, Kyler is just having a difficult time because he's playing such a difficult position right now. So many positions, too. Yes, yes. And, And he's made some great coverage moves, so I think he can grow into the job. And Vildor, that deflection in the end zone was fantastic on his part. You know, I mean, we don't get the interception without him doing that. Yeah, I I thought J- yeah, Jalen's coming along, and Jones didn't look too bad from what I could see yesterday and, and spelling him. And I like Kyler Gordon a lot. I love the play he made, like I said, in the third and one. 
big play at the time, and, and but Lovey, of course, went for it with the fake punt. But and man, I don't mean to be a hater, man, but I just don't. I've been saying this for two years now. I, I don't see shit in Vildor. I mean, that was a play oh, in the end zone. I'll give you that. I think Vildor, whenever we play Green Bay, that's the guy, although Gordon's the one that got torched in week two against Rodgers, that's just because it's growing pains. It's his second game. But typically, Rodgers goes after Vildor. <laughs> I, I don't see anything in Vildor. I, I hate to hate. I mean, I, he's a bear. I'm rooting for him. Like, I don't see anything in Cole Komet, but he's a bear, and I want him to be great. On that, Here's my bitch. On that touchdown to that big-ass wide receiver that they had, in the back of the end zone, Vildor looked like he could have jumped to at least he try could've. to deflect the pass, yeah. but he didn't even attempt to jump. And I tr I've tried to justify this in my head. Well, maybe he was running full speed, and at that point, a launch point from that jump wouldn't have done anything. Maybe he thought, okay, I'm already past jumping for the ball. Let me try to swat it down when the guy catches it. I, I haven't come up to a conclusion in my head, but other than I think he probably should have at least tried because that was a fucking touchdown either way. And I don't know why he didn't jump for the ball. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I am down with the end zone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not too I mean, happy. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got some work to do. He's obviously not the best cornerback on the team, you know, but I think it's more a matter of, you know, Bears don't want to trade. They don't want to give up talent to pick somebody up. So it's another draft position move. We'll see who they take in uh, next year's draft. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there. I, I think that their corners are probably who we have unless somebody gets hurt and they have to make a desperation move. But those the, our secondary is probably our secondary for this season. I, I concur there. 100% it is, yeah. In fact, we lost Graham to the Browns, which sucks because it would have been nice to be able to pull him up when Johnson was gone for la for yesterday's game. What's the next question, Kitty? Renewable and rechargeable energy. I want to know, first off, what's with the Lovey's nips I've been seeing all night in chat? Lovey's nips wants to know your opinion off Quinn or on Quinn? Can he be traded and not missed? We think so. Uh, I think if you're going to trade Quinn, you might as well do it right now, is my opinion, because he could only get injured, and it's looking like he's going to have the same season that he had after a good season, which is going to be something average around seven to eight sacks. If that, I think we're getting enough out of the rookie and out of Gibson. In my personal opinion, if we were going to trade Quinn, I would do it ASAP. The only way I'm trading Quinn is if it's for like a a, a dynamite kind of player. Like I said, maybe the I mean it better be someone like a like oh we picked him up. Uh, if it's just for like just to unload the salary, then I'm I'm unhappy with that because I think Quinn will probably still end up at ten sacks. He might not get eighteen and a half again, but. I'm not sleeping on 10 sacks, and especially when I think that the team, maybe I'm completely just dumb and just, you know, a ball, a Bears ball washer, but I think the Bears have a shot at making the playoffs this year, so I want Robert Quinn there. 
That's my opinion. I don't want him traded. And he seems to like being here. The narrative in the preseason that he was holding in to get traded, he contradicted that and said he wanted to play here. So I take him at his word. And and come on, Robert, get some sacks for us. I agree with Dan on this one. I'm only trading Quinn if it's some kind of definitely advantageous deal for the Bears. I'm not just getting rid of him for somebody that's not useful to us. Yeah, it better be like a wide receiver or an offensive lineman that's immediately a starter and a huge upgrade. You know, would just you something guys like for a draft pick? No, for I wouldn't. You wouldn't. Ooh, third. Now third. I, you start to get third. third. I want him to play the year out. I think he's gonna help us. I, I'm gonna agree with what you said. I'm gonna like go back on what I said, Dan, and agree with you. As long as we are on track to this record that I have had from day one of the schedule. I would say don't trade Quinn, but I, I, I want to know what you have to say, Vaughn. Uh, for me, it, it, to me, I look at this like a long, like a long-term plan, like exactly how Ryan Poe want to do it. Like is Quinn going to be around two, three years, two, three years from now, you feel me, when this team is competitive, I want to believe so, but I don't think he will put up the amount of sacks. So I, to me, I, I will play it like get get us what I can for him, get whatever I can for him right now. Wait till the trade deadline, see if I can raise his raise his price up some more. If a third, if I can get like you said a wide receiver or a lineman or even a third round pick, I'm sorry, Robert. I love you for the three years you was here, but you gotta go, man. And why can't? I watched the press conferences today, and Quinn was the only one that was talking about himself. The other players kept mentioning, uh, oh, the offensive line helped me out. You know, uh, Herbert, the offensive line helped me out so much. And uh, I forget who it was, but was talking about how the people around me were all helping me. And then when Quinn came on, he's talking about himself. Well, I mean, that's not to say I didn't see his presser, so I, I can't contradict you. Uh, but maybe he was uh, – was he asked about himself? I mean, I, I don't know. He he was asked about himself, and he was asked about other things having to do with the team. And he says, well, speaking for myself, I can't speak for the others, so speaking for myself. So sort of like that for multiple questions. Oh, well, you can't speak for other players, so I I can't fault him for that. Yeah, I, I thought the way you, he was implying that maybe Robert was selfish, and and I just didn't know. I didn't see it. So, was, again, I'm not saying Cliff is wrong. I, I didn't see it. I just didn't see the presser. Wait, what was that? Bring that back up again, uh, Kitty. Lovey's Nips says keep Quinn unless we – what is – RRR, what is Lovey's <laughs> Nips? What's this all about? <laughs> Lovey's nipples were showing yesterday through his Texan shirt. Oh, ah. <laughs> I noticed it as well. Unfortunately, look, I love yes. Lovey, but I love I, Lovey, I have, but, it, but if I'm going to see nipples, I'd prefer them to be female. But that's just me. I I have hard nipples too. I just put band aids <laughs> yeah, over them. <laughs> you got to be careful of that shirt material. You got to put band aids over your nipples, Lovey. He said, well, there's nothing the worse than having a jersey on a polyester jersey whether it's NBA, NFL, whatever and you don't have an undershirt on and you sweat and it makes your nipple hard that's like the worst feeling in the oh, fucking world 
and then and then it starts rubbing on your nipples, and your nipples yeah. get all chafed and sore. <laughs> oh. I, feel like, I feel like a woman that's lactating with a fucking baby at that moment. Oh God, no shit! You're like, I gotta stop at a Walgreens and buy some band aids for my nipples. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, RRR. <laughs> we appreciate you. What's the next fucking question, Kitty? <laughs> I can hear her laughing from the other room. She's dying laughing over there. What's the next question, Kitty? <laughs> Would you guys think... sign OBJ or Will Fuller? But didn't OBJ say he didn't he trash us? Didn't he say he didn't he wouldn't play for Chicago or something in the offseason? I saw someone share that on Twitter that uh, he said the Bears suck or Fields isn't any good, so fuck him. Now, are, are we, we going to sign the guy that always gets injured or the guy that always gets injured? Exactly. <laughs> Wait, yeah. who has the better hands? <laughs> OBJ. I mean, he caught that. He had that great pass as a rookie, that great one-handed catch that put him on the map. And since then, like – it's been a, 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 like a shit talker. Like everywhere, he, people gave To such a bad rap because you know he talked and stuff. But damn, like, like Ob, like To at least backed it up. I don't think Obj has. And he worked his way out of New York, and he worked his way out of Cleveland. He slapped up and got a Super Bowl ring. So to me, that's going to hurt his determination anyway because he's already got a ring. So I don't want him at all. Okay, I'll agree with you on that. And he's coming off an injury. And he's got to be 30-something now, right? Come on, he's got, what, 31 or something? Mm-hmm. And Will Fuller, the fifth, I mean, yeah, I mean, he I, – I liked him when he's healthy, but like everybody says, he's, he's hurt all the time. I'll be honest. I'm not looking to go signing some wide receivers right now. We just have to make do with what we have. Everyone's been in this system up to this point. We need to move on, move forward with them. If we have any major injuries where we have to sign someone, then we can start talking about one of those guys. But until then, let's just try to have Justin Fields develop what we have and work with what we have. I think, I mean, we've seen a lot of speed out of Equinemius. We've seen him get open on plays that he should have had uh, passes thrown to him. So, this is not something I'm like terribly worried about as far as the receiving core. I just think it's a matter of, like I said before, finding those hidden plays within the plays, and it's just learning the offense as it goes. And truthfully, he's in his first season as a quarterback. He has to call the play. He has to spit it out in the huddle. He has to memorize the entire fucking thing, blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. I mean, try to remember uh, the entire first four paragraphs from cliff notes cliff and spit them out to us like it was in real time it'd be you know? like i told you right now dan or cliff look one of you have to learn japanese now because in right. january we're sending you live to japan and you got to be fluent you got a couple months to the months to learn that language though here, here let me give it a try how did this game start fumble okay that, <laughs> right. that's all i got <laughs> So pieces the pieces will come together. Time will tell. It's going to get better. We're fucking two and one. I mean, for Christ's sake. What can we ask for better than that? 
You know, that's an interesting uh, comment there. Cole Beasley, I'm not a huge fan of him, but you look at his stats overall, and it's like he does just, you know, it's like he's not a flashy receiver. Maybe he wasn't. He had the longer hair with Dallas or whatever. But in terms of like his athleticism, he maybe he's you know not the the fastest and all that. But I mean, he seems to put up good numbers, and he's just sitting at the house. I mean, and he's not that old. I mean, he's not young. But if you were going to get a guy for like a playoff run, I mean, maybe that, maybe that's a guy worth looking at because he's just sitting at the house. Like I said. Well, didn't he? Didn't uh, Trubisky throw him the ball in, at North Carolina? I, I believe Cole's on Tampa Bay now. I think they. Oh, is he really? That. I didn't see that. that hurt. Uh, I, knew, I knew Julio Jones went to Tampa, but no, both of them. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think I think they just signed Cole Beasley when uh, they had uh, Evans and uh... spit it out, Cliff. Spit it out. Come on, come on. He's on Cliff my notes. fantasy. Cliff he's, notes. On, he's on my fantasy team. Starts with the Paul Board. Jimmy Jimmy Johnson, Tariq Cohen, Tampa Bay wide receiver, Francisco Partoir. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe I'm getting. I'm having a total brain freeze. Well, let me it. tell help, you what help, Aldo help tweeted. Help me out, chat. Aldo just tweeted, "Kenny Galladay be stealing money." Godwin, thank you. Godwin, yes. yeah. When, when thank you, Evan, When Evans got suspended and Godwin's hurt, I believe they signed Beasley. Like oh. I said, the bar barroom account just tweeted, uh, "Kenny Galladay be stealing money." So if they're down on him, like I said, Detroit's down, or the Giants are down on him. Uh, they're not going to trade him to him this, us this week because obviously we play them. But shit, that's a guy I'm looking at, man. They just, I'm watching the game right now. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, they'll maybe let him keep playing bad. Then, like, and then maybe we can just give a fifth round pick for him or something. Like, I think that guy's got skill. Yeah, he do. He most definitely do. I'm yeah, I believe in him, man. I do. I don't know right. what happened to him when he went to the Giants. Daniel Jones. Daniel, Daniel Jones. Yeah. <laughs> the future Hall of Famer, Daniel Jones. Hall of Famer, Daniel Jones. Hall of Famer, Daniel Jones. <laughs> Actually, we'll right. talk about how much he isn't any good. <laughs> He's such a fucking diva. He couldn't get him right. That's all. <laughs> What's the next question, Kitty? Do we draft a tackle from Ravy come up? Uh, Let's see how the rest of them do this year. Too early to tell, yeah. Fun? I, I think we draft a right tackle. Um, I, I just Like I said, the biggest question mark is Larry Bourne. I know a lot of people got Alex Leatherwood at right tackle, but to me, at first I wanted him at tackle too, but to me he's more of like a guard. I put him at left guard when – when we get rid of Cody once his contract, you feel me? But yeah, I I, I believe we draft a tackle. I like your thinking on that. Yeah, he could he should be moved to guard. Shorter arms. Yeah, he, he's he's like a, 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 a he, him and Tevin Jenkins are basically alike to me. Yeah, they're very similar. Guard. Yep. Yeah, they physical. You need that mall nasty inside for the guards. Very similar arm strength. Yep. Similar circumstances in their first year in the NFL, too. Yep. Mm. They can learn from each other. I guess Dan has nothing to say about that. Oh, so. no, I didn't want to interrupt. I, in, again, in theory, 
I think we should invest in the offensive line. Uh, but we need we need Fields to have a good year so that the Bears aren't thinking we got to get a new quarterback in here. If they can have Fields play enough to where they say, "Look, he's got two more years on his rookie contract. We, we, he's our guy." Then, if you draft a left tackle in the first round, I'm happy with that. I'm really happy with that. I, or maybe a right tackle if Braxton develops. Either way, like or fuck, it could be a guard or a center, like. If someone like Quentin Nelson would would come out like just this guard out of nowhere that's going to be a Hall of Famer, then yeah, I would sign. You know, I, or I would draft a, a lineman first because anything that they can do to protect number one is going to make them better, in my opinion. Them being the Bears, and there are no fucking. I mean, come on, we're talking about the quarterback class of this draft. Really, is there anyone? that you want to invest more than Justin Fields in in this draft class. So what if we get the first or second pick in the draft? We're going to draft what? Bryce Young, what a 5 foot 10 quarterback out of out of Alabama. He throws a nice ball. He's got a nice release, a nice wrist flick. But he's just too small. And who's the other guy? Another Ohio State quarterback? What's Stroman or Strom or Stroud? Yeah, they're going to go from Ohio State quarterback to Ohio State quarterback when the when the narrative is that Ohio State quarterbacks suck. No, they're not going to do. They're not going to draft a fucking quarterback this year. So, just the eggs are in the basket. Let's just let the basket get carried very carefully until its fruition, and then we can have a bunch of little chicks hatch, and we'll be fucking praising the Super Bowl win with Justin Fields. There's no quarterback in the future. In the draft for the Bears. Ask us again in week 14 or 15 if the Bears are going to draft a, a tackle. Yeah, I agree uh, with you, Cliff, because if as much as I, I like Fields and fuck, I've got three of his jerseys, the blue one, the orange one, and the white one. So you know I'm a fan, but if he has a lot of games like he did yesterday or even the Green Bay game, it's just going to compound things. And the momentum is going to start shifting in the way that, oh, this guy, he just isn't the answer. I don't want to believe that. I, I'm not giving up. But if you get to week 10, week 12, week 13, and, and he's predominantly playing like that, that's reality we're going to have to face because it's going to happen. It's true. I agree with you, Dan. But what's the alternative? Uh, one of those two draft picks? I don't even want to uh, – uh, me either. take the question seriously because I want I want to believe that Fields is gonna is gonna play well. He will. Enough said. Positive. Last last question, Kitty. We have one more question left. Let's bring it up. Shorty, can you wear that suit with Cliff and reenact Night at the Rockstar? <laughs> <laughs> and play the song too. What is that's, love? That's awesome. Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> Baby, don't hurt me. No more. <laughs> well, Cliff, we'll be down there soon. So, you know, we can have dinner one night and maybe do a, re a reenactment if you want. Make another commercial. Uh, another commercial, maybe, but somehow I don't see the night at the Roxbury happening. <laughs> I remember one night uh, Jim Carrey hosted SNL when Soundgarden was on. And they did the night the Roxbury and put Jim Carrey in the sketch. It was just so fucking great. You know, I never did watch that movie. I don't know if the movie's any good, but the sketch was great on SNL. But a lot of their sketches when they went to movies weren't as good. 
But yeah, when they put Jim Carrey in the sketch, I was like, ah, this is some funny ass shit. Uh, Vaughn, what what did you think of the drippy dick sponsor? Oh shit! I need to get. I need to buy me my my own drippy dick. To be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> Shardy will send you a free box. Oh, I appreciate it. I most definitely put it to good yeah, use. Yeah, well, as long as you subscribed, uh, Vaughn, we'll send you a free box of drippy dicks. I'm subscribed already. <laughs> oh, God. Coming from a 22-year-old. <laughs> you need to get Blue Chew as a sponsor. Like, what the we... fuck is Drippy Dicks? <laughs> if you can get Blue Chew as a sponsor, then we can really start telling people, like, subscribe and we'll get your dick hard. <laughs> we'll get your free sample of Blue Chew. You're talking about subscriptions. Like, 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 like. Oh, my goodness. That'd be amazing. Blue Chew along with a Trippy Dicks commercial. Like, hell, we had with the barroom a, a year or two ago, we had the sponsor, the, the thing that shaves your fucking balls. What's that? The Manscaped thing? Yeah, because Aldo sent that to me. I'm more of a regular razor guy. Not that you all need to know that. But the point is, he sent the uh, he sent that thing, the, the fucking ball sack, the scrotum. The Manscaper? Yeah, they were our sponsor for a bit. Uh, so, and he was hooking people up with the ball shavers. So, uh, God we, damn it, I ha I have the manscaper. We need to get the Bluetooth sponsorship. I can hear Kitty laughing. <laughs> I, I, I'm old. I have a blade. Oh, that's enough. Hold on a second, Cliff. Are you tired of the blade? Well, use the blade no more. It's time for. <laughs> A manscape. Shave your balls with precision. Manscape, give us a call. But Vaughn, what do you use on your balls? Do you do you use a razor or nothing, or do you use a manscaper? Oh, you got it. You got it. You got to keep the balls clean. You got to keep all. You got to keep the whole junk. You got to keep the balls clean, man. Yeah, I feel you on that. Use a regular, regular razor, but uh. Manscaped, you feel me? Manscaped works. I like it, man. Let's try to get a sponsorship from Manscaped and Blue Chew, along with Drippy Dicks. We'll get Drippy Dicks to be a sponsor for them. You should use the the voice and give us a Blue Chew read. Is your dick not getting hard as it used to? Have you been feeling ashamed? Is your dick not hard enough? Well. Come over to Blue Chew. <laughs> I think you have a whole nother career in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you, I guarantee you, nobody finds it as fucking funny as I do or my wife. I don't know. And I'm we, pretty much there too. We fucking sat up until three o'clock in the morning on our phones, both watching that video over and over. There's like 250 views on it. Not a lot, but they're all us. <laughs> yeah. It's me and Kitty just watching that fucking thing over and over again, crying. So I do hope everyone else does enjoy it as much as we did because we had fun <laughs> making it at least. And we hope we you watch our football program every week. Yes. And we like to have fun on Bears Country Podcast. So. And we oh, tell you yeah. things like, I'm not a wolf, so I can't have a hairy dick, so I got to shave. Right. Where right. else are you going to hear that other than the bar room and, and the Bears Country podcast? 
do you like do you like to have a big dick? <laughs> are you a, are you ashamed it's not shaved? <laughs> well, try blue blue chew along with the manscape. <laughs> Never going to hear uh, Mark Silverman ask Waddle if he needs something for his erections. You know, but you'll hear it here. <laughs> totally, absolutely, he will not. <laughs> or well, I, Jonathan Hood asking Cap. <laughs> Cap, have you tried the blue chew? The blue chew? You guys had me at the subscribe for a bigger dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I think that's the perfect way to end this show. What do you guys think? Can't get any worse. <laughs> <laughs> And as Aldo and I always talked about, Nick Foles was the one notoriously with the huge cock. They called him uh, Nick. Was it Nick the Dick? Yeah, Dick, Dick, Nick. Big Dick Nick. Yeah, Dick, <laughs> uh, Nick the Dick is from Bachelor Party, the old Tom Hanks movie. But yeah, Dude, the guy's like seven foot tall. He better have a big dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Well. This has been a fucking amazing oh, show. One more question. One more question for everybody. No, fuck off, Dan. We're done. I'm just kidding. <laughs> one more question. Dan from West Virginia. Uh, let's just say, of all the Bears coaches in our lifetime, and if we're going to go with Cliff, maybe we'll include uh, a Jack Pardee, <laughs> Neil Armstrong in there, right? Or uh, George Hallis. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, or what was the big guy's name from the early 70s, the really, really big fellow that they had? From like 71, 72. Anyway, okay. All the Bears coaches of their lifetime. Dick Duran, Dave Wanstead, Lovey Smith, you know, everybody, John Fox. Who you think was hitting the most pussy? Who was the biggest, like, I got laid? I mean, I could see Jerron being like sneaky on the side, being like packing a lot of ass. But who do you think got the most ass out of the Bears? I, I'm, I'm excluding Ditka because Ditka was a rock star. You know, Ditka got laid. Oh. God, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, Nagy. Nagy, really? You say he Nagy? probably he, pro he probably took that 2018 season all the way to Vegas and fucked yeah. as many hookers yeah. as he could. <laughs> I Rolled that thing all the way to 2019 where it went limp. Mark Trustman probably got the least. Yeah, oh, I for sure. Mark, Mark for sure. He just looked at like, I, I don't even know. <laughs> Lovey Smith was too much like, yeah, well, I'm just not sure what I should do with this pussy because I'm married. And, uh, I just a big a player. You never know. He's got the beard. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Lovey acquired herpes over the years and he's grown that beard to hide it. <laughs> now, this For being pussy? <laughs> this, this would be a much easier question if we had Jacksonville. Who was that Jacksonville's last coach? Oh um, yeah, and Urban Meyer. Yeah, Urban mm -hmm. Meyer. Then the question would be easy. I bet Wani. <laughs> I bet Wani got laid a lot. I'm going with Dave Wanstead. Wani had great hair. That. I could see Wani being like, you know, oh, just look at my hair and now suck my penis. He came in off of the foothills of you know, the the coattails of Ditka. Like, look at me with my mustache, even though it's not fully a mustache. But Dave, I'm Dave still Wan like Ditka. Dave Wanstead, free mustache rides. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I liked Wani too. So I, yeah, I'm going to go with Wanstead as being the one who who could get laid. 
I, I can yeah. I can give that one a second. There you go. I, I, actually, I'm going to change my answer. I think John Fox got the most pussy. That's why he talked like this. He, he remember Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas allegedly got throat cancer because he ate so much pussy. Maybe that's what happened to John Fox. Yeah. What'd you say, Von? I said I was going to say the same thing. I think John Fox too. But then not thinking about it, like all our coaches, I don't know. Uh, to me, they was I don't know. Maybe Dave. Yeah, John- I could give it to Dave. But I, I probably want to put Lovey in there, probably. Yeah, for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with John Fox because he he was the most senior of the of them all. He knew how to eat the pussy. Yeah, like you said, Daddy. So you got that raspy voice because he has like CPD in his mouth, and he's like, ah, 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 you know. And don't forget, <laughs> he said in the press conference, his feet are ticklish. I don't know why I wanted to reference that, but yeah, it just seems that Fox was probably into like bondage and shit on the side. Mm-hmm. Playing with hey. monkeys. Hey, kitty cat! A strange pussy. Kitty cat, get all those coaches on the show so we can ask them the question. <laughs> I could see Dick Jerron being like one of these guys with a, a sneaky large cock too. We're like, damn, Dick Jerron. That's why they call him Dick. Yeah, he's he's eleven <laughs> soft. He's like, look at this, guys. You know? <laughs> he's one. He's the one walking around the locker room with you know naked for no reason. Like, why is the coach naked? <laughs> I'm sorry for taking the podcast this way, but I mean, honestly, if I'm on the show, it's probably going inevitably into the. And uh, no, I'm glad you did, Dan, because I walked but... into. I have this fucking press pass that I have. I walked into the Bears locker room at like 22 years old. I completely not have been thinking about the the mileage of dick that I was going to see swinging around in the locker room that night. There was like at least 10 miles of dick. And I walked in just like, I was not expecting this. And then I turned around and Dave Wan says right there, like, what are you doing in here, kid? I was like, I'm leaving. Do you have a press pass? Yes, I do. Get out of here. I am. And I left. So, yeah. <laughs> But well, Dave Kitty, said was Kitty, like I old, so. <laughs> she says the show's off the rails, so I apologize in all sincerity. Who says the show's off the rails? Kitty. Your girlfriend did? Yeah, your wife. My wife or your girlfriend? No, your wife. Renee. Oh. Oh, we've officially gone off the rails. You're right. I apologize. It's my fault. It's I think that we're too. all just giddy over the win. Imagine what we're going to be like after the Green Bay victory. Oh, God, help me. You're going to talk about ass pounding and ramming. Vaughn, welcome to Last Call at Hallis Hall. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Oh, sweetie, you've got so much to learn in your life, and we're getting you off on the right head, on the right foot. So Just follow us, kid. Um, if we should continue, we have a very interesting question from Leo. Factor. Has Virginia slept with a player? Yes or no? <laughs> oh, Leo. Oh. So you want to go? Here it is. Oh. Here fucking. it is. Come on, you I love Virginia. This I, is not ordinary. This. this is true. This is like my grandmother. No, I can't. No, no, man. She, I can't she go takes there. it if I want to. 
You haven't heard that rumor that Virginia used to suck off Gail Sayers? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you had me at first, Dan. I was like, you for real? <laughs> you, had me, you had me too, man. I was like, what? <laughs> I wish Aldo were here for a, a Gail Sayers blowjob. Uh, oh, it's sad that Gail died too, by the way. I know, but, you know, we all have our time. It's it's even worse than Walter Payton that died before him. So, fuck Gail Sayers. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> all right, I'll he got make a lot longer some, life than Walter Payton did. I'll make you somebody that that is uh, still alive. Then you haven't heard of that like that rumor that that uh, Virginia was uh, sucking Alshon Jeffrey's dick. <laughs> is this a rumor or a joke? Like, is this a start to a joke or an actual? No. I, 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 no, Dan, I, I, I'll die. That's all. I, I would buy it if he said Brian Piccolo. God. Oh, oh, oh. You ever heard the rumor that Virginia? Oh, oh, oh. Was oh, oh. Brian all right. Tech? I'm going to let you guys have this one. Oh, I'm going out. Joe, this is a joke. This is a joke. This is a joke. Virginia McCaskey, we love you. I didn't say anything. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> I'm just I'm just here for the ride. I'm still hireable. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, he's a he not trying to mess nothing up. <laughs> oh my god, we have to end this. This we're done. This conversation is over. Vaughn, you have been an excellent guest from chat. Thank you so much for coming on. It's it's been in the works, and I'm, we're so happy to have you on tonight. Uh, just tell us, like, anything you want us to know about you, any, anywhere you want people to follow you. We're happy to have you on the show again. So just let let everyone know where you're coming from if you want. Yeah, like I said earlier, I appreciate you guys for having me on, man. This was a lot of fun, just to talk bears, just have fun, just talk shit in general. This this is this is fun. I would love to come back on if you guys would have me again. Um. Like I said, like I said, when I emailed you guys, I'm trying to start a podcast. Probably I might get that started. Probably can't do it right now because the season already started. But probably later on in the year or probably next next off season, I'll probably get that started. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah. Well, Vaughn, any any help that you need anything with? Just you have my email. We'll keep in touch. I can help you with any questions that you have. I'll be happy to help you get started getting your own podcast started. That'd be awesome. I appreciate it. I really do. Follow Absolutely. Aldo Gadia too for somebody that can help you out immensely. Mm-hmm. Yep. You said who and the Barroom Network. Aldo Gandia and the Barroom oh, okay. Network. Okay, Aldo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Upcoming show on Barroom. Yeah, the previous show we were just on on the Barroom. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean Von show upcoming on Barroom. Yeah, Von the Von show upcoming on the Barroom <laughs> Network. Yeah. But seriously, Sounds we perfect. we can help you out here with anything that you need. There, you know, any questions you might have, just let us know. Shoot us the email at the at Bears Country Podcast. We're here, we're we're here to help you, Yvonne, and any of your ven- venues that you want to do with the podcast. It's it seems difficult, and it is. But once you have kind of the right avenues to be pointed in the right direction, and all the little bit helps. So, yeah, we're glad I, to have I, you on I have tonight. A good camera now. Thanks to Shorty. Yeah. 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 How about you guys? Dan, Cliff, any last parting words? I'm sorry for taking the show this way. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a Don't right, be. God damn it. This I, is the last call at Hallis Hall, Dan. I didn't want to appall your wife. No, you Every, didn't. Dan, okay. She's laughing her ass. I can hear her laughing her oh, ass okay. off. I thought she was upset. I'm sorry. No, no, we, no. We would expect no less from you, Dan. No. Dan, I just need to shame you just to get more laughs out of it. Oh, okay, good, good. I, I will accept that. <laughs> I just, kind of like a I, little whipping boy. Like, what's your I thought that I'd hurt, like, you know, like violated a norm or something. So, <laughs> no, that if, if I turn bright red, that means you violated a norm. <laughs> we violated <Okay>. Cliff. Yeah. <laughs> God help us all if we do that. Yeah. Anyways, I, I'm never on Twitter, but if anybody wants to write anything to me, it's Cliff Victoria 8 at Cliff Victoria 8. And you can find his name, uh, his Twitter handle in the comments and the description. Of, at the uh, bottom of the show. So, Dan, you're going to be on tomorrow night on Dan and Eldo Bear Their Souls on the Barroom Network. That's always a great watch. It's one of my favorite shows. I can't wait to see you there tomorrow night. I'll be talking to you in chat, too. Hey. Anything else you want to say? Any parting words? No, it's fun. It's fun. Like I told you uh, like 50 times already, it's like, man, we're not, I'm not waxing your fucking car or mowing your lawn. We're just talking bears. So man, if you want me on, I'll be on. I mean, it's fun. I agree. It's been a blast. It's awesome having you guys to back me up and Vaughn, it's been great having you as a guest tonight for the first time. Hopefully many more to come. Like I said, email us and anyone else who wants to join us on bears country podcast, email us, email us at bears country podcast at gmail.com. We can have you on the show with us. Hey, hey, let me ask Vaughn one question. You still here, Vaughn? Yeah. All right. So you've been around 10 years now. Who's your favorite bear during that period? Ooh. My favorite bear? It would probably, probably be Brandon Marshall. I love B. Marsh, too. Yeah, I loved him. Yeah. Me, too, Is there man. Something, there's something about them, them tall, physical, demanding receivers. I, I love them type of receivers that, that, that wants the ball, that – and as soon as they get it, they can they can make something happen. I just love receivers like that. Yeah, I loved Brandon Marshall. I wish we could have had him a couple more years, man. Yeah. He he would have rewrote the Bears wide receiver record book for sure. He was on his way to doing it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just in a couple of short years. So that was exciting. The second of two one thousand watt yard receivers in the same season was Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey next to Conway and Graham. In the 90s yeah. so yeah that was well nice thanks everyone that was amazing dude and color oh god that season i just, i it seemed like he was having a bad year with mccown coming along and, and that that's a whole other conversation but jesus christ yeah that it was that was that was a season that if we'd have just won in that fucking Packers game, we could have gone to the playoffs and seen what the offense had to offer, and then we would have known, and that would it would have like put a stamp on it. But it's still an unknown at this point, which sucks. Look at the future; the future is bright. You got to wear. Are you, are you done bringing us down memory lane, Dan? God damn it! Chase <laughs> Cutler just made a reference to "I've got to wear shades." A song from 35 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> yes, but it's a happy song. Okay. I gotta wear shades. Cliff's bringing us down memory lane as well. I wear my sunglasses. That's even older, Corey Hart. 
I gotta give you kudos to like wearing those and looking at your computer screen this entire time, Cliff. <laughs> I got the light right in my face. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for sticking around. We love you guys in chat. We'll see you next Monday on the Barroom Network at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Make sure you look out for Greg Gabriel does or Greg Gabriel talks football tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. on the Barroom Network. And we're going to have some more stuff coming up on Bears Country Podcast later on this week. I have a very special guest lined up that I'm going to do an interview with. Her name is Lynn Hayden, and she's a Chicago Bears fan that lives in Vegas. And ironically, she grew up the fucking town next to where I grew up. She's gone into the same place that I first started working and making Italian beef set. I probably made her food one time. It's going to be a cool interview coming up. Later on this week, as we do like a pregame for the coming week and a kind of a postgame talk, look for that on Bears Country Podcast as well. So tomorrow night, Dan and Aldo bear their souls on Barroom Network. And Cliff, thank you so much for joining us with your awesome Cliff Notes and all your awesome Bears input. Vaughn, you've been an excellent guest from chat. Thank you so much. Look out. We'll have you on again. It's been a pleasure. And if you want to do the one, two, three bears count on with us, we can do that on one, two, three bears. bears. bears.